Hello there, and thank you for listening to this episode. Here are some nuggets of hilarity to give you an idea of what you're in for. Ha-cha! Right in the Hot face. coffee in the face, motherfucker! Oh, what happened to you, man? Why do you got that rash on your eye? Oh, the cooch got me again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now he's got pink eye. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I'm not saying I would ever wear another person's skin, but if I were in a room and somebody said, does anyone here know how to wear another person's skin? And it was life and death. I would know. So, do you want to hear more? I hope so. My guest is Kurt Miller. Kurt is deceptively funny, and I mean that in the best way. He'll be talking to you and just drop this incredibly smart joke out of nowhere and keep talking. So you're left sitting in wonder at how someone can say something so smart and well thought out and just keep going as if it's another Tuesday at 3.15 p.m. He has this dry sort of wit that you don't get to hear often, which makes him a rare and beautifully unique individual. This was my first time getting to sit down and have a one-on-one conversation with him, and it was a fun ride. Kurt and I share an affinity for movies, particularly obscure ones. In this chat, we mentioned 76 different movies and TV shows, so you're guaranteed to leave with quite a few new movies you'll be itching to watch. Keep in mind, we dive deeper into a lot of them, but others are mentioned just briefly. But regardless... Apologies for any spoilers. Okay, it's time to start the show. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I have with me Kurt Miller. I met Kurt while going to a movie night with some friends that I know through theater. Kurt and his wife host it, and so we get together once a month, and we sit down and we watch a couple of horror movies. And there's great food that Kurt usually makes, and we just have a great time getting to catch up with each other and laugh as we make fun of the bad movies and cry as we get scared at the good ones. So, Kurt, thank you for being here. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, let's get, let's start there with the movie nights. Okay. What 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 had you and Eileen start to uh, decide to do that? It had originally started out as a, a key party. Uh, <laughs> a key party? Uh, okay. Uh, uh, all right. I started with a joke. It totally fell flat. <laughs> key parties were like uh, uh, these uh, uh, constructs in the 1970s where uh, a bunch of adults would get together, oh, couples get together, yes. and they'd have a party, and they'd put their uh, keys in a in a in a bowl. And uh, at the end of the night, uh, they would pick random keys and they'd go home with different uh, spouses and stuff. Wow, that's interesting. So that's was... like playing the lotto. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a long explanation for my throwaway joke. Well, I I thought it when after you said it, I was like, oh, it could be that, or it could be just one of those parties where everybody leaves their keys in a fishbowl, <laughs> you know, because it's like you don't get them back if you're too drunk, <laughs> which is a lot more. Uh, that's more innocent. likely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but... so it started with a key party. <laughs> And then you guys ended up just watching horror movies instead. Yeah, yeah, no, it was originally as the it was originally as a horror movie night. Um, just one of those. Hey, we should all really get together and watch some horror movies sometime, and you know, it'd be yeah. really cool. Uh, it did turn into kind of a thing. Um, you know, we we uh, you know it gives us a chance to you know you know cook food and have people over and you know socialize and um, so that it became more of a social. Uh, event, but uh, a lot of the um, people in um, you know Eileen's theater circle um, tend to be about your age, you know, in that same age range, um, and so late twenties, uh, early thirties. Yeah, and yeah. so there's a lot of people who you know, um, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the horror movies, um, you know, y- y- y'all haven't seen everything, you know, so you can you can still kind of like 
expose people to uh, some, yeah. of, some of these movies that you know maybe maybe some of the some of the movie nerds out there more my age you know we've seen everything you know and you so, certainly have so it's just kind of like oh have you seen yeah i saw that yeah <laughs> oh yeah well have you seen heart yeah i saw that so, so all of the movies that we've watched so far, which is like mm-hmm. over 20, right? Because it's, it's two uh, Yeah, it's we've two been doing night. it for about two years and yes, almost, most months. So Yeah, yeah. so it's probably more closer to 40. A couple dozen movies, then. yeah. Yeah. So um, out of all out of did, all of them, had you seen before previously in life? Or did, did oh. some of them you watched to see if we should watch them right oh, before? Usually the first movie is one that I've seen before, one that I can vouch for, one that I feel is a, okay. you know, kind of a horror classic. Yeah. Uh, I tend to go for stuff that, you know, um, maybe isn't, you know, that a lot of people may not have seen. You know, they're not totally underground, but mm. not everybody's seen um, Slither, you know. Um, I, you know I, that I, one missed a lot of I people. I don't, I don't think theaters. I made it to that. What, what was Slither about? That was uh, That was the James Gunn movie. Uh, about the uh, space slugs that come in from outer space and uh, turn people into zombies and just kind of flesh, uh, fleshy masses of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold. I yeah. don't think I, I don't think I made it to that night. Michael I don't remember Rooker, this one. Nathan Fillion. Oh, I definitely didn't make yeah. it because I would remember those two. Mm-hmm. Michael Rooker, mm-hmm. the, guy, the guy who plays Merle in yeah. The Walking Dead, yeah, mm-hmm. and also oh James Gunn, that's yeah, what, that makes and sense. another, and he got his start in a in in a horror movie, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. That what, was what his uh, Henry uh, Portrait of a Serial Killer. It, that's uh, the full title, Henry yeah. Portrait mm-hmm. of a Serial Killer. Cool. Yeah, and uh, it was a really dark movie, and it was uh, uh, very, uh, um, you know, it it was one of those. Uh, I think I think it was released non-rated, and so it only played in like a couple theaters around town. So it had a reputation as like, oh man, this is like a really hardcore movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you can't like they won't let anybody in to see it. You know, they're only showing it at this one you know shady theater of on the side <laughs> of town. Yeah. You know. Uh, and so. Did it live up to that reputation? It was kind of a grimy movie. It's not the kind of movie that when you get done watching, you're like, man, I'm, I'm really pumped up. Sometimes you come out of a movie and you're like, man, I'm so, that was a lot of fun. I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it. I enjoyed the experience of watching it. I don't want to experience it again. Yes. <laughs> I know that type of movie. I'm glad I watched it once. I'm not yeah. ever going to see that again it's because just... like, that's all I needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The movies can be good regardless of that. Like rewatchability is a cool factor, but at the same time, if it's like not rewatchable but still great, yeah, that's, that's its own kind of special movie right there. Yeah. Okay, so as far as the movie nights, so for structure for people listening, what we do, Kurt and and his wife Eileen, and then uh, their son Alex is there too. We they they have a movie night once a month where they invite a bunch of our friends over, and then around seven o'clock people start showing up, and then eight we start we put on the first movie. So the yeah. first movie is like Kurt said, it's like usually a movie that is more well known that people will be more receptive to. And then that goes for like a couple hours. So then yeah. about 10 o'clock, we take a break for 30 minutes, socialize, grab, grab some food, use the restroom. Some people go home cause mm-hmm. they got, they got a, they got stuff to do the next day. They got kids yeah. back at home. Some people stay. And then that's time. When, and then at that point at like 10, 30, 11, that's when we start the B movie. Yeah. And that one is usually, it's usually like a foreign one or something. It can something. go. It can go any. It can go any direction. Now, some some of them I've seen, um, and I just know they're completely gonzo. Yeah. Uh, some of them uh, just look uh, completely bizarre and look like the kind of thing that would play to the crowd. Um, you know, one of the early ones we did was called Mystics in Bali, 
Mm-hmm. Um, were you there for that one? Uh, I, I honestly, don't... these titles are so out there yeah. for all of your movies that we watch. So <laughs> I'll, I'll remember okay. it if you tell me the plot. Mystics in Bali was about uh, a woman who uh, travels to um, uh, Thailand to uh, become a witch. Um, and uh, the witch tricks her and turns her into a vampire. And it's a, a specific uh, Indonesian uh, vampire uh, where uh, to feed her head uh, detaches from her body. Oh my gosh, no, I didn't see this. Flies around and it's got its internal organs like dragging around behind it. Oh wow! As it flies around, and it was it was done on it was done in the seventies, and it was done on a shoestring budget. So all this stuff I'm describing sounds really fantastical, uh, but also when done in the in the context of a movie with like no budget, um, is but it is it pretty bad? <laughs> it's. It's 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 bad good. It's, yeah, yeah, and it's and they've got it's just a complete mishmash of ideas. It's just you mm-hmm. know I think the producer was just like uh, uh, we're gonna have a pig headed demon with giant tits hanging out, um, <laughs> and then they were like okay well and then they put it on the screen and like man there's uh, wizards and lasers and a glowing a wizard glowing wizard <laughs> shooting lasers and something blows up and a guy gets knocked through a wall through a flying with a flying head. And uh, then a vampire uh, uh, sucks a fetus out of a woman of, uh, while she's in bed. Wow, that's, that's, that makes sense that that would be in there. And I just ruined like the entire movie. But, <laughs> no, no. That's, but that's I mean, how the pitch went, and then they went and they shot that. And... <laughs> that, was the, that was the entire pitch meeting. Mm-hmm. They were like, all right, we need all of those. Let's develop a story that makes it make sense. Right. Yeah. We got to get to They're like, nobody's beat. got any time for that. Let's just put everything on film. We got to get this out next weekend. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. I already, I already have the cast casted. Like we did that walking in here, pick some people off the street. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've seen movies like that where it looked like it was just cast by like runaways. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, like Mil Mascaris. Oh, or that was college students. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, uh, they shot that at um, the University of Missouri. I think. Really? Yeah. What a it was like their film. College. It was like their film department's film project, and when you look at it in that perspective, you're like, oh. "I should have gone to the University of Missouri," yeah. because, like, you know, I I did uh, I I went to um, uh, the journalism school, telecom uh, majored in telecom arts at uh, University of Georgia, and you know, we did some film projects. But uh, we didn't make a luchador movie, <laughs> you know. And no. so I feel kind of ripped off. <laughs> what kind of movies did you guys make? Uh, we we never made any like feature length stuff. It was all shorts and like music videos and stuff. Um, Is that when we you did were doing like, your sketch comedy days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the sketch comedy stuff we did. Uh, we had a hard time committing. We always wanted to do stuff on video, but we had a hard time because it was. We were probably about like five years too early for a lot of like um you know you you know anybody can get like you know film and video equipment shoot shoot something Mm -hmm. put it on youtube or whatever you can Um, do it on your iphone now yeah and it's it was a lot harder you know you had to find the guy you know find a guy with a camcorder and editing equipment and stuff and finding those people was really tough and when you did find those people if you didn't gel with them um it was kind of hard to get anything going. You had to, you had to collaborate with them. You're like, yeah. like, oh, you guys do sketch comedy? Yeah, yeah. Okay, how about we do a sketch where like, like a cop pulls me over and I'm just like, fuck you. <laughs> and we're all just like, uh, yeah. 
I guess we could. You gotta kind of like play to it. You gotta be yeah. the yes man a little like, bit because you yeah, need it. Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds really cool. And you're thinking in your mind like, how am I never going to like shoot this? How am I going to get my stuff done and never do anything that comes into this person's head? <laughs> man, so it, it was like a, a, a whole project. I mean, it, all, it is still, but that it, that took scheduling and planning and reaching out and finding the people that sounds yeah, like so, a lot of work so you and, definitely want to put something out that you want to do yeah and so uh yeah almost none of the video stuff happened um we did uh, some live shows which were a lot easier in a college town you can get a space you can get an audience uh with little effort mm-hmm. um and uh, we did manage to luck out and uh, get a radio show for a while. So really? We did. we did about 30 minutes of material uh, every week. Um, you know, it was all written. We didn't do any improv. And uh, we had a, a, a decent producer who was, who was in the group and of a like mind, you know, uh, who would edit it all together. And that was fun. That was, you know. Yeah. How long did the radio show last? Uh, I, I think it was for a year. Really? Yeah. Was this uh, on like UGA? Yeah, it was student? on UGA's uh, 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 WUOG. It's on 90.5. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a possibility in college, that you could be on its radio station. I, I, I don't yeah. think I went to one that had one, but mm-hmm. I I feel like if I had known that in high school that that was a thing, I probably would have tried to go to a college that had that and get in yeah, it, because that sounds re- like a lot of fun. Yeah, and they're really open-minded, I mean, because they had, you know, I mean, the only in was you had to be, you had to work at the radio station. That makes and, sense. you know, yeah. so they, they hire college students to work the radio station. If you have an in with one of them, they tend to be pretty open-minded about having different kind of shows. You know, they'll have a talk show followed by, like, you know, a punk show followed hmm. by, you know, an R&B show, you know, and just... Find they just found knowledgeable people who could just browse through their catalog and they had you know whatever and just let them play whatever they felt like. Sounds like a, a really fun, simple time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, you guys did sketch shows. Did you do improv in the sketch shows? Uh, we did a little bit of improv, but most of it most of it was written. Yeah, you know, I mean, you could you could throw in a little bit of improv here or there, like in the live shows, and that would work. Um, largely, though, it was written. So were you guys influenced by like Rowan and Martin or um, SNL? I think, I, I think, uh, I think most of us it was probably like, uh, like SNL, early SNL, Second City, Kids in the Hall, yeah, Monty Python, of course, of course, That's usually like the first exposure. You know, you come across them on the public channel, the, the whatever, the, like the public broadcasting. You know, at like eleven o'clock at night. You know, mm-hmm. and. Um, that was probably the first sketch comedy like I saw. Monty Python. Uh-huh. Oh, I just watched the Holy Grail like last weekend. Uh-huh. Not for the first time, but again, and it just reminded me just how how great those guys really were. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it holds up. Um, I've I've seen that movie so many times. It's, it's some movies like I've seen them so many times. I don't think I'll ever watch them again just because like it's like committed to memory. Right. Yeah. You don't really need to anymore because yeah. you got it all up there. But it's been fun because um, uh, Alex, my son's 12 years old, uh-huh. and so he's about at the age where, like, he can start watching these movies now. And so, uh, you know, I've stunted his, his emotional growth by showing him Monty Python. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's now one of those kids. It's like, all right, I'm, I'm forcing him into, like, a, a, a definite group of kids in his <laughs> school who have also seen... He's gonna be. He's gonna be part of that same. Like, ah, you're one of those Monty Python. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a weird <laughs> comedy shows. 
Hey, Alex, uh, I just I saw that he just won some uh, like Lego building contest thing. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's in a robotics league, uh, the Lego league. Uh, yeah, and uh, they went to um, what was it? Well, they went to uh, uh, the uh, state championship uh-huh. this weekend. Uh, didn't progress past that, but uh, in the regionals, uh, you know they. You know they won. They cleaned up at their at the one before that. Cool. So it's uh, it's uh, it's been a great experience for him. And this is his first year doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Any any they they won what regional and then state was where after state would have been nationals. Yeah. Uh, actually, they were for some, they said they were they were skipping nationals and doing world. World. Awesome. Um, I don't know how that works because it was still going to be in Indianapolis. So I don't know like <laughs> if they were going to have like they were going to have like. Uh, Croatia there or something. Interesting. Or, you know, I think all you need is one. The world was just going to be like Canada. the United States and maybe Canada. <laughs> yeah. Um, in fifth grade, I did something called Odyssey of the Mind. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. Um, we had to do something similar. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't like Lego and robotics. It wasn't that that cool. But um, we did. We had to build. We had to use balsa wood, and we had to. It had to be a certain amount of weight, which was like in ounces. It was so light. Yeah. And it had and and it had to be made into a structure, mm-hmm. and you had to make a um, a a scene that like to where it had to be broken up into five parts, and so it was a team. Yeah. It was a team of five kids, and uh, every kid had its had his part, and it had to it had to like fit into itself. Yeah. Um, like it was in pieces. And so, and then at the end, you would go and you'd put weights on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was whatever weight you got to when it finally collapsed was, you know, and, and you were weighed on your performance, like your, your ability to be creative mm-hmm. uh, in how you did it, your design, obviously, and then the weight. And that's how you were judged. And um, we made it all the way to Worlds. Awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah. The, the, the thing, the scene that we did, like mm-hmm. the little mini play, we were all from different planets. And I was I was the fire planet, so I had these fire pajamas on. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun reliving this because yeah. I, I haven't thought about it in a long time. Uh, it was it was a cool experience. And I, is Alex going to stick with this? Yeah, I think he's. He, he's then they'll get it next year. It'll, yeah. it'll be cool. He's uh, kind of found his things. It's cool. It's I think it's I think it's good when when a kid finally finds something they're into. Yeah. Like that you know he's he's played a lot of different sports and you know done some different you know musical instruments and stuff. And it seems like, uh, you know the the STEM stuff engineering robotics he seems to like a lot i heard he stem recently what it... yeah that's science technology engineering and math and oh, it's, okay. a, it's a curriculum okay. that you know i think probably in the last 10 or 15 years um they've really started to push uh because they've they, there's just kind of knowledge gaps out there there's a lot of high-tech jobs that um yeah you know just are going unfilled and they're they're looking for you know, and, and those are kind of the jobs of the future, and they're trying to get kids ready for that rather than you know, you know, like like me and hmm. and you know, my peers who you know we just kind of went and got just kind of a whatever jerk off four year degree we could get right. our hands on, and we were you could pretty much kind of get like a decent job with it, and, uh-huh. you know, eh, you know, it, it's it I think I think it's a lot more competitive, and you got to have a more specific skill set. Yeah, um, definitely. When you go into your higher education, you can't just fuck around like <laughs> no, like we did. That's that's really cool that, that um, society's planning for the future like that. Well, a lot of that happened. I mean, even that. Uh, I think there was probably a lot of that. Um, you know, even uh, at uh, other other periods of time, like when Sputnik 
went into outer space. There was a big push for mm. engineering and technology jobs because, you know, you had to beat the Russians, you know, out into space. Uh, you know, you know, they already had a satellite up there. So a lot of people were, you know, a lot of there was a lot of cur- curriculum was uh, pushed in that direction. Try to I guess the more kids that you get it in front of the higher percentage it's going to be or the more just the more number of kids you're going to have that start entering that field yeah yeah because if you don't put them in front of it then they're gonna not know about it not know that that's an interest of theirs yeah yeah that's really cool i uh i wish that it had been an interest of mine i I enjoyed it doing that Uh that that one year but it wasn't they took us to an architecture firm to show us like what they do because that's what essentially what it was was building it was teaching us like a large part of it was architecture and um building design yeah so that'd be the, that'd be the engineering part of the STEM. Yeah. 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 Exactly. The E. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to um, movie night. Yeah. I, wa- I wanted to ask you this earlier because we were talking about it right before we started. We were uh, talking about the A movies. Then yeah, we went wanna... into the B movies. Yes. And 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 just kind of how out there you know they uh-huh. tend to be. So what was your favorite that you've shown so far? A or B? Uh, both. Okay. But A first. Um. I think I think one of the, one of my favorite, I, and I'm thinking you know less about the movie, but more about the the experience of showing it was um, Bubba Hotep <laughs> was the movie yeah. with Bruce Campbell and Ozzie Davis um, versus as as senior citizens versus a an ancient mummy. I like <laughs> I enjoyed showing that one. I think because it it became several people's like favorite new movie. And that's like, you know, and, and that's kind of the whole purpose is to like show people these movies that, you know, they might not have seen before, they mm. might have overlooked or just seemed too bizarre yeah. to, you know, to bother with. And I um, still talk about that movie. So, yeah, I get it. You feel good because you showed it to us. Shared something, yeah. you know. Uh, that's how I feel about yeah. this one movie called Battle Royale. Have you seen that? Yes. I love that movie. What do you think? Uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's an excellent film. Uh, and completely gonzo <laughs> yeah and out there it, you know it's i think it, it's it's kind of sad because it seemed so extreme back when it came out uh-huh. and now it's almost kind of like i think with things like you know you know the purge mm-hmm. and stuff and like hunger that games. and hunger games it's kind of like um you know it, you know it, it would I, th- I don't think it would get as much uh play no yeah, it was definitely a product of. I think it came out in '99. Yeah. Um, yeah. The closest thing I could approximate it to was the was uh, the Running Man. Yeah. Was that mm-hmm. that short? But that was that that was like a completely different yeah. tone. Yeah. I, I, I had that in my mind while you were talking. That was talking. that kind of like gleeful, uh, ultra violent uh, Schwarzenegger film where like he'd kill somebody and make a witty comment yeah. afterwards. The, the one-liners. Right. That was, I I love that. Who was the the guy who was the um like the main bad guy, the older dude in that? That was the host of Family. It Feud. was, wasn't it? The guy who ended up Richard, Richard Dawson. Dawson. Yes, yeah. He ended Which up was committing it? suicide, right? I don't know. Yeah, he did. I, I used to. It was him. Did One he of launch them did. himself out of a tube like uh, like in the? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually. I I, I, I think it's he very, hanged himself. Actually. Very sad. Yeah. Actually. Um, but he but he was he was great on Family Feud, and then uh, that was a really cool role for. That's him to such play. inspired casting. Like normally, mm-hmm. like they would they would cast you know an actor who would seem like a game show host, but they actually got 
a game, a game show, show host. host. America right there. Right. Hollywood's beautiful. Like, I mean, it was kind of like uh, the movie uh, Joker. You know, you know, they like cast De Niro as like a late night talk show host. Yeah. And it was still very, it was like, it was like, oh, that's like, that's De Niro. Yeah. I think it would have been, it would have been cool if they'd gotten like David Letterman. Because you can imagine, I mean, Letterman was so great at just kind of downplaying, um, you know, like he, he would just, he'd be the kind of guy who would lean in and just be like, uh, does that Joker thing really work? You know, does <laughs> yeah. that shtick really work? Yeah. You know. He'd get, he'd get real with you for a second. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whereas Robert, uh, or sorry, not Robert, Robert De Niro was like, he had this big personality. Yeah. That, was that your favorite movie of the year last year? It was a lot of people's. Or what was I'd, your favorite movie of last year? I'm like mentally going through all the movies that I, I yeah, saw yeah. last year and they started to become a blur when, you know, and what's funny is I remember the horror movie night movies more than the <laughs> actual like yeah. theatrical films. I like, I think Jojo Rabbit was probably, yeah, it's a like, good one. Hands down, like the best, uh, film I saw last year. Mm. That was an amazing film. Thinking about the, uh, the horror movie night ones, uh, that we did, um, uh, the B movies, um, I think Mil Mascaris versus yeah. the Aztec Mummy mm-hmm. was like was was like a high point. That became like a culture. That became part of our culture. I think, <laughs> or just our our small uh, social group, part of the culture. Yeah. To the point where uh, at the last the last one we did last year, I gave away a Mil Mascaris mask. Yeah, you gave it to Spencer. To, yeah. I, I have a picture of that on my phone. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, and it it was beloved. Yeah. That's amazing. You can show somebody a movie and, and like it becomes part of them. Yeah. Like that. Even if it's Mil Mascaris. <laughs> oh, you give him a little more credit than that. And that's, well, you know, and, and, and the thing is, I think some people think that, you know, we'll watch these movies completely ironic. Like, like oh, we're just watching it because it sucks. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's just like, ah, we're going to watch a shit movie. Yeah. And, and we're going to laugh at how dumb it is. But um, the great thing about those movies is that there are things that are genuinely brilliant about it. I mean, we loved Mil Mascaris because he's got these amazing, you've got a bunch of theater people, so he has these amazing costumes, and everybody was absolutely blown away. <laughs> every scene, amazing, he had a different mask on. He had a different, yeah, every scene, he, he had a different costume. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, you know, obviously the, the production company couldn't afford it. I mean, it was his own stuff. But, yeah. I mean, um, you know, there, there's things to love about the movies. And and that's why a lot of times, like um, when we're talking about like cheesy movies, um, seen a lot of cheesy movies, I don't equate that with like a bad movie. Um, cheesy movies can be cheesy, but not bad. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, did you ever see uh, Flash Gordon? No. Okay. But I do know the like. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. right. You know the theme song. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with like uh, like the tone of it. Um, it's it is a supremely cheesy movie. There yeah. is nothing to take serious about it whatsoever. That's Dolph Lundgren, right? Uh, Sam Jones. Oh, never mind. I'm off on that one. But he, he I, I do know him. He's like a football. He's a Jets. Quarterback. Yeah, he's yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like a football superstar who's like launched into space and <laughs> saving all of mankind. Yeah. Um, so you, so you think that's a, a cheesy one, but a good one? Yeah. You know, and and that's where like you know it's it's a cheesy movie because there's nothing to take seriously. People are are uh, you know I mean they, everybody there uh, is like they're like a sat they're like they're like walking Saturday morning cartoons. I mean you know you know what do you mean Flash Gordon in the life? You know it's <laughs> it's like what accent is that and. Why? Why do all the bad guys from outer space sound like you know, like Eastern Europeans? You <laughs> yeah, know, right. but um, 
you know, but the thing is, the costuming was fantastic. Yeah. The art design, even though it was like kind of like cheap looking, the design was fantastic, you know, and, and the, the special effects were very obvious, but like the design work and um, and just the whole production was fantastic. And the sound soundtrack was, you know, uh, was singular. I mean, even you, you hadn't seen the movie and you're familiar. Oh, shoot, I just knocked the shit you're out fine. of your mic. It's still there. Uh, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like stick, I was I was so I was I was getting so excited talking about Flash Gordon, <laughs> yeah, wildly yeah. gesticulating, um, <laughs> but there were so many excellent elements to that movie, and right, that's so. why I consider it a good movie, even though it's a cheesy movie. What I don't like are the bad movies that are made bad on purpose, and it's kind of made it's they're made w- with a cynicism. Like Sharknado? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like, yeah, we're going to make a shitty movie, and it's yeah. going to suck, and everybody's going to, eh, we're going to laugh, and here's their stupid, dumb movie. Yeah. And the reason, like, a you lot know. A shark movies in general. Yeah, like shark, that. yeah, and like, they did about 400 of those Sharknado movies, like, yeah. in one year. Yeah, just um, about. I, I actually watched one of them, like, on the night when they were, were previewing it. Yeah. Or debuting it, whatever, premiering it, premiering it. And uh, and I got in on on like the the social media chat for it. It's like an event. So it they is definitely they've cornered it. They're they're definitely they're smart about it. But I agree with you that it's like it'd be much better if we didn't have movies that were bad for bad sake. Yeah, like you know you can you can make a movie that's maybe purposely um, you know cheap in some some regards. But the reason uh, some of the classic bad movies persist is because the people who were making legitimately thought they were making a great movie mm-hmm. um did you ever see ed wood uh no but that's johnny depp and yeah. it's a uh, biopic right right and uh they're doing uh, you know you know ed wood you know maybe that, hmm? yeah that that's was one tim, of his earlier ones right? yeah it was an early tim burton movie mm-hmm. i haven't uh, seen it though but i, I do fantastic know maybe well, maybe maybe i might you know kind of stretch the horror movie bound since he made like kind of schlocky sci-fi horror movies you mm-hmm. know um, maybe we can show one of those one night, but okay, yeah. show that. Uh, but, uh, Ed Wood, you know, made these, these, you know, terrible movies that were very, you know, that, I mean, he had a reputation as a guy who made, you know, terrible movies, but he had a, he had a passion for right. making it and he thought he was making like a legitimate, he was making like, you know, I don't think he, he thought he was, he was making Shakespeare, right. you know, you know, adaptations, but he felt that he was making, he, he took it very seriously. So you can you can see the passion in the movies I'm guessing, right? Like Ed Wood's movies, even if it's completely misguided, mm-hmm. even if it's completely misdirected, even if it's coming from the wrong place. Uh, were you there when we when we watched Deathbed? Yeah, the bed that eats. Yeah, I think I, I showed up a little a little ways yeah. into that because I, I was somewhere before. That's a great example of of what I would consider to be like. Uh, a bad movie that was made with like good intentions, yeah, and I can I'd watch I can watch that you know because it was nothing about it was good. Um, it looked like it was it was shot like they drove around in a van uh, mm-hmm. around California and picked up some uh, runaways, some teenage runaways to star in their movie. There was the, the the set design was abysmal. There was a fireplace that kept bothering me. I don't know why. <laughs> In the movie Deathbed, the fireplace pissed me off. <laughs> that should just be your your lone review, like one yeah. sentence. The fireplace pissed me off. Right? It, like, what? That that was my comment. And in fireplaces, I don't know why I noticed. Uh, uh, like Black Sunday had an amazing fireplace in it. That was one of our earlier ones. Wasn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah. About the witch who who came witch back, came to back to life. Yeah, yeah. Um, it did. I I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. So the you know uh, <laughs> That's funny. so when we're talking about something like Deathbed and being a bad movie and it's just 
fundamentally and structurally and just conceptually bad on every level, but it's fun to watch because you can tell that the person who was making it clearly believed in the material, clearly believed they were making um, an artistic movie. There were were a lot of art, like uh, cinematically artistic flourishes, even if they sucked uh, and didn't come off. You could tell that what the person was making was something that they felt was, you know, this this is important. You know, this well, not important, but this is, you know, this is this is an honest world. Yeah, it's an it's an honest artistic expression is the way they saw it, rather than just being like, we're gonna make a stupid movie about a bed that eats people. Yeah, it's like no, we're gonna make a movie about a bed that eats people. Yeah, and it's gonna be great, right? Yeah, and everybody's just looking at them and in kind of mortified silence, and they're just like, "All right, well, he's the guy with the camera, so I guess we got to go and do his thing, right?" Yeah, it's kind of like you would call it. Yeah, rather than telling, yeah, just uh, standing there telling a cop to fuck off. Sorry, you know why I pulled you over? Fuck off. <laughs> Edited like, by <laughs> Kurt Miller. Yeah, that's pretty funny, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. So, what about your least favorite movies? Uh, the least favorite one, and I think everybody who was there agrees with this one, was Street Trash. Yeah, the one and about st- the hobos? Yeah, Street <laughs> Trash was, like, one of those, like, you know, nasty uh, movies that, you know, again, had a had a reputation and, you know, wound up in a lot of, like, the Fangoria magazines and stuff and kind of well-known for, you know, having some gross-out effects and stuff. I had never actually watched it um, but, uh, you know, I figured that'd be, uh, you know, good B-movie one, just kind of, uh, you know, low-budget, schlocky, just lots of messy special effects, lots of, lots of stuff to take in. And it was. It was about a, a, about a, 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 a booze, a liquor that was uh, making the rounds that was found in the back of a, of a liquor store that uh, the liquor store owner, owner sold to, like, uh, the homeless who would come in and it just it was like the cheap hooch for them to buy, and I guess it wound up melting them and like, the like. From the inside, right? Yeah, and, and none of that is what bothered anybody. In fact, that's like everybody, that's like the only time people really like sat up and paid attention and were like into the movie was when somebody was melting. <laughs> um, everything yeah. else was just this uh, horrible, um, dismal view of all of humanity, especially homeless people. All, all the homeless people were like these cartoon caricatures of like homeless people. They were like they were, savages. They were, they were savages. They were filthy. They were terrible. There was just no redeeming value. But then the only other person who wasn't a homeless person usually, I think, that we saw was like the liquor st- store owner who was just a horrible, abusive person. So I think the movie was, was made by a serial killer. <laughs> um, I, when I look at when, I, when you just it. kind of psychologically profile, just armchair psychologically profile the person who made it, you just kind of think, um, I was, I was like, yeah, this guy probably strangled some people. <laughs> he probably did. Um, he knows what it's like. Yeah. And so we just, we just couldn't take that. But then like, there was like some casual rape, just kind of casual yeah. and then when they kind of played like the comical uh, trombone music over it we were just like all right enough of this shit <laughs> i was like, and, and, like and it was and i was just i i like i i had apologized <laughs> i apologized to everyone it's okay it's not yeah. if you had seen it you said that was your first time seeing it yeah that was the first time seeing yeah. it and that was the only one we ever turned off like we've yeah. seen some bad we ones one we, we've seen some ones that have been kind of difficult to get through yeah, some really kind of what the fucks. Um. There was one that I, I I still think about when I when I 
I, I, I do think about these movies. Not, yeah. Like, I, I never really liked I'm surprised it. it didn't kill the whole thing because I think that was the second one we ever watched. Yeah, it I was. was just like, that was my first time coming. Nobody's ever coming to my house again. <laughs> if you I ever, still showed up. I didn't, ever I didn't wanna, Yeah, If you ever want to clear a room out, play Street Trash. <laughs> play Street Trash. <laughs> so there was, there was one that uh, I, I remember, but I don't I – don't, I just remember like one like thing in it. it it's like a – it's a four, it was a foreign film. A guy goes to like an island – uh, I think like on his own, and he and he goes into like a hotel, and and the 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 bellhop or the guy greeting him there is is real creepy, and yeah. then they're all like fish people or something. Yeah, the guy turns into a fish. Yeah, that was Dagon. D- yeah, Dagon. What, Dagon. Was that Italian, French? What was that? No, uh, that was uh, made by Stuart Gordon, who has done um a couple uh H.P. Lovecraft adaptations. Uh, oh, that was it was H- shot in. Oh. It was I think it was shot in Spain though. That's what I'm thinking. And of. so yeah, so shot the cast Spain, was yeah. yeah, and and so I think the cast was was largely uh, Spanish, um, and that was a wonderful movie. It was yeah, Stuart Gordon was the same guy who made Reanimator, oh, okay. which I think a lot of, a lot of people are more familiar with. Yeah, um, which was another H.P. Lovecraft adaptation. But yeah, it was you know kind of a direct to video movie. Not a lot of people saw, but it had you know it had an it had an excellent atmosphere. I love that kind of grimy uh, fishing village. Yeah. Um, aesthetic they had going on and you know this you know one person wanders into a town where everybody's not quite right and there's like a bizarre cult and it makes me want to watch that movie again and <laughs> cool. it's i mean it was really cheaply made and there's some like bad line delivery and there's some but there's there's so much there's so many great ideas that i think made it to screen i think probably in spite of itself i couldn't imagine trying to do a movie like that like on like a budget yeah, you know, they had to have some like they had to have some <laughs> some really talented people mm-hmm. working that movie, you know. Because I mean, there was a lot of water. There were a lot of scenes where the Water's guys like hard. inside a flooded house, and like you know, there's yeah, uh, you know, there's you know, uh, yeah, they had to shoot on, um, you know, you know. I think they had to do a lot of location shooting, but um, you know, yeah, that's not cheap. Yeah, and you could tell when they really got down to like the real like the. They had like a couple like computer special effects in there, oh, yeah. and that's where like you were just like, yeah, they weren't made, they weren't shooting this with a lot of money. It looked like a PlayStation Two game, like yeah. all of a sudden. But yeah, yeah, Dagon uh, was 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 a phenomenal movie. One that I was I was very much I, I can't remember if that was the B movie. I might have considered. The, um, I I think uh, I don't remember. I don't yeah, remember. Um, I, I want to say it was the first one. That was the. Um, Okay, that was the first tiki party we did. Yeah, we did kind of a theme. Yeah, uh, we did a we did a tiki party. I think we we watched uh, the Ital- the Italian movie we watched was Zombie. I don't know if I stayed for that one. Okay, what happens to that one? Uh, that one was it was about a of course it was about zombies yeah. uh, on an island uh, that I think was for lepers or like a, there was like a, a I think they were lepers or I mean it was like a remote island. And uh, and uh, the zombies, uh, you know, attacked the people on the island. And I think it was originally, I think it was marketed in Italy as Zombie 2 because it was supposed to be something of a sequel to George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was marketed over there as like a sequel. They, I, I think that's Dawn of the Dead in Italy was called Zombie. It's a way Zombie. to get people to go see it. <laughs> yeah, and this was marketed in Italy as Zombie 2. Uh, and they did, and they did some like, I, and it has like no connection to it aside from you know the dead coming back to life, 
But they did shoot, they bookended it with um, with a boat, I guess, from the island showing up in New York City and a zombie, you know, bites oh. a guy. And then, you know, and then they bookend it with the zombies, you know, shuffling into uh, New York City. So it's more like a prequel then. Yeah, I guess, I would guess so. Yeah, I mean, it's the second movie in line in, in their eyes, but... It, it just it's a part yeah. of the universe that's why it's our, our yeah. sequel and i and i love having different people over to watch these movies and also different people's backgrounds they have different observations um spencer for one noticed at the end of the movie there's this uh they're inside this uh building that's burning down as the zombies are coming in and attacking and as you know in a lot of the movies when there's a building on fire burning down you know there's uh there's rafters you know flaming rafters dropping from the ceiling and stuff uh and i think he's one noticed like there were like a, there were like way too many rafters drop. They're like there were like a million rafters, and he pointed it out after like a lot of rafters. Yeah. But then like everybody was paying attention to it, and like every couple seconds, like a burning rafter would drop, and just the whole roof must have been made of nothing but rafters. <laughs> it was like a Greek Orthodox yeah. architectural style or something. I'm probably I'm I have no idea if that's true, but <laughs> I'll, I'll go along with it because I don't know anything about that either. Cool. So. <laughs> That's that's the kind of thing that I enjoy about it, and it was you know, and and again, there was like, it's one of those things you you point out, and you're like, you're like, okay, that's that's obvious, I guess that's bad, but I mean, that's what makes it fun to experience, you know, and it and it wasn't like somebody that wasn't like a decision somebody made because they were like, ah, people are gonna laugh at all the rafters that were dropping, you know <laughs> what I mean? Point. It that's was an artistic point. choice yeah. that was that was uh, a poor choice. It was a weird choice. But that's what that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. You're sitting here thinking, you're like, what made them think huh. we're just gonna keep, you know, dropping flaming rafters in, you know, one after the next. I think that's a, a very underrated part of movie nights. It, it's not why it, it became where we would all talk during the movie, it, and yeah. more so in some movies compared to others. Some movies like there's not much to talk about. It's just a, a, an enjoyable movie we're watching. Yeah. It. But some movies we watch like the more bad ones or cheesier ones. People are making comments about it like that. Like, look at the rafters. Like, are they yeah. ever gonna? And that, like, that's some of the most memorable movie nights for me. Or, uh, or when we're sitting there and I'm just laughing the whole time through the yeah. movie. And it's, yeah, there will be some riffing going yeah. on. It's and it's you know I like that we don't watch it with the intent of like, hey, we're gonna riff over this movie. No, yeah. Because then you get like a lot of these kind of like sweaty try hard comments. But you know, there's been a couple it, people that have showed up that. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't know and didn't meet who yeah. I felt that way about. I was like, you know, I was just like, <laughs> to be honest, I was kind of like, I just kind of want to watch this movie. It's not even that funny. But that's yeah. only been like two times. Yeah. The rest of the time, yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah, sometimes yeah, sometimes it happens. But it's, it's also funny when sometimes, you know, like uh, Greg Gully, who mm -hmm. uh, joined us a couple times, you know, he'd just sit there just watching the movie in complete silence. But then he'd just like, he'd just throw a riff out there and just kill the entire room. <laughs> he's probably like, riffing in his head the whole time. Yeah. And he's like, Wait, all right, this one's this one's worth it. I'm it's like in Terminator, like he like <laughs> yeah. finds like he's yeah. like he's like he selects the the dialogue that says "fuck you, asshole," and then Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I keep bringing up Schwarzenegger for some reason. Like that's great. This is the those aren't even like my all time favorite movies, and I'm just sitting here talking about like Schwarzenegger films. I love how this has been just it's been about 50 minutes of just horror movie talk or just movies in general. Yeah, that's cool. That's how I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna type out when I do this one. This yeah. episode is gonna be like. If you like movies and obscure movies, you definitely want to check this one out. Because yeah, yeah. so far, we've probably covered like 15 different movies at this point. Future Dalton here. For those keeping score at home, it's been 22 movies. Yeah, and we're all it. over the place. And hey, we talked great. about Deathbed more than anybody. Well, actually, no. It is, uh, the Deathbed, um, I, 
that uh, the idea for showing that one was uh, based on a, a Patton Oswalt bit, really? where he made fun of the movie Deathbed. Oh, cool! The, the, yeah, and it's it's a it's a well known. I mean, you just Google it, YouTube it, you know, and I will now. And you know, his, you know, and I think what he appreciates about not appreciates, but I think the thing that he found interesting about Deathbed is is a thing that you know that I appreciate about a lot of these like you know so bad they're good movies is that you know he admired that as stupid as the idea was somebody saw it through to completion you know they were just like you know they they wrote the script for deathbed this absurd movie they like got people together they like <laughs> yeah. shot it somebody sat in an editing room and probably really probably beat their brains out trying to figure out how to make you know, make this come together, and yeah. and they were just you know you know probably the director and the editor, or they might have been the same person, sat in the yeah. room, and just like really sweated out to make this piece of shit that you know this absurd movie that's kind of respectable, you know, and <laughs> yeah, and and I mean if we're gonna segue into into creative endeavors and the like, okay. you know you know that's what I find admirable uh, is just the wherewithal to see something through. Um, no matter what, and not second guessing yourself. And, you know, because one of the things about the horror movie night was we've been doing it for a couple of years. We've probably been talking about doing it for maybe a year before we even started doing anything like that. And even last year, we, you know, we came up with the idea. I was like, I was like how about we do fake director commentaries? Yeah, we watch some of these movies, and we'll do a podcast where we do, yeah. you know, we'll you know we'll assign different you know actors or improvisers or people different roles, and we'll we'll riff off of it. And it's just taken an excruciatingly long time to get around to it, and it's and it's all motivation. There's not really we don't have a lot of excuses now. You know, the mm -hmm. equipment there, the technology is there. Uh, it's just a matter of getting together and doing it. And so, you know, we made a, we made a headway into one, um, uh, Greg Gully, who I mentioned earlier and, and Cameron, yeah. uh, you know, we were going to do a kind of a test run tech run or, or just kind of see how we could make it work. And we were going to watch a movie called rock and roll nightmare, which is an excellent movie. To Sounds do like a it. DVD. I think, I think even oh. like they did, they might've even done a, a mystery science theater 3000 or a riff tracks for it. Um, and you know, it's like, we watched the movie, you know, I bought the DVD and we just haven't all gotten together in the same room to try to make it work, you know. Man, you bought the DVD. You got to do it. I know. I'm, I'm committed. It. It's it's in my estate now. <laughs> it's written into your renters insurance. It's a weird. It's a weird thing to think about. Like like if uh, if you know if if I died tomorrow. Not to get too dark. No, I love it. I, I, somebody, I love how we just where we just went. Somebody is gonna have to figure out what the fuck to do <laughs> with your with shit. With my copy of Rock and Roll Nightmare. Oh. <laughs> I kind of love that though. <laughs> it's not where I saw that going. I love it. Yeah. What What do you th What do you think would happen? How would that play out? I don't know. I'd be dead. I really wouldn't care. Not from your point of view. Imagine Eileen and they could, Alex. They could throw it in my casket and set it on fire. I don't know. <laughs> a real Vikings funeral. Yeah. <laughs> with rock. I don't know. I, I think they should put it up on Facebook Marketplace as like uh, with with just all my other DVDs, just like you know, Dead Man's DVD is one dollar. <laughs> At least each get most something of that, out of it. Most of that stuff is you know when you get on the <laughs> yeah. Facebook Marketplace. Um, I like to browse it and think that everybody, uh, all of that stuff, just is just dead people stuff. <laughs> that's, that's such an interesting way to look at it. It just. <laughs> Actually, let's let's, let's look on now. Facebook Marketplace yeah. right now. I'll go, I'll, I'll go on to a 
Facebook. Okay, I've got five <laughs> new ones. Uh, there is a tiny Pac-Man arcade game system that um, belonged to a, a sweet child who is no longer with us anymore. Oh, poor uh, David. There's... <laughs> Um, a sriracha T-shirt uh, that was uh, uh, worn by a, a young lady who uh, ate too who, much sriracha. Who, yeah, who who met her untimely end. Um, <laughs> so that's does that make you want it more? Yeah, it does. It, there's yeah, <laughs> you got to live on there. There's a story behind it. You know, eBay yeah. has stuff like that. You ever seen like like a listing for like haunted painting or something? No. Oh, and they've got stuff like that. Like they're like I am looking at these. Yeah, haunted. All wrong. Yeah, haunted painting. It'll just be a, like kind of like a shitty, kind of somewhat spooky painting that uh-huh. nobody would would think twice about. But it's but, haunted. But it's haunted. And if you come up with a cool story behind it, it has, it has this legacy, and there's all these people who owned it, and they're dead, and um, <laughs> and all of a sudden, like the value starts like going up because you're not selling them a shitty painting, you're selling them a story. Wow. Yeah. You're Isn't right. that cool? I could do that. I'm gonna start writing. We should stories. really do that. So that's that's like how that's so many of, of talking about creative endeavor. There's so many ideas. I'm like, that there would be, are. Yeah. That would be so cool. Wouldn't that be so awesome to do? And be like, okay, I came up with the idea. That means I can I can get on my PlayStation for a little bit and unwind <laughs> from all this hard work that I've done. That's coming reward. up with an idea. Yeah. You you own a PlayStation? Yeah. What games do you? Oh, of course you do. Yeah, I play with Alex. That yeah. is that is, I love going over there and hanging out with Alex in the He's, game room. And just he's playing. lucky. He's he didn't have to ask dad for the video game stuff. Dad's a big video game nerd. Yeah, so. he's very lucky. Yeah. yeah. When I grew up, it was our generation, my generation, that first started. Well, obviously it was Nintendo yeah. before, but like PlayStation Two was when I was like nine. Yeah. He's really my dad never played video games. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it lost. It went over my parents' head very early on. I mean, we had an Atari Twenty Six Hundred in mm-hmm. the house. My you know my dad bought it and came with. Uh, Space Invaders and nice. combat, and I think they were worried that it would uh, uh, be unproductive, so they bought a, a Basic Mac, <laughs> a fucking video game called Basic Math. Nice. The, it's not even like Supreme Math. It's it was. Basic. It was just like two plus two, and you use the joystick to like <laughs> move around to the answer and hit that the button. Sounds horrible. But <laughs> it was it, it, it was dog shit. Um, and and even my my six year old self recognized that. That's good. Yeah, you know, my folks would you know they would play Space Invaders and in combat and stuff, but it really kind of that was about the extent of it. You know, when like the Nintendo and stuff and the ColecoVision, that was just that was just past them too. Yeah, it wasn't worth the effort. You know. But it's it's cool that you still got into them, and especially for Alex's sake. Have yeah. You, have you played um, Rush of Blood? It's a VR game. Yes. That I played that two nights ago. Yeah. First time ever. That was the longest I've ever played on virtual reality. And that was so much fun. It gets very claustrophobic. So claustrophobic. You're yeah. on that like ride in the carnival. Yeah. And you're having to shoot all these targets, but then these things are popping up and, and uh, the dummies. Oh, there's yeah. one part where you're going through like it's just pitch black except for like when the storm shows yeah. or, or the flashlights from your guns. And, and it's just these dummies. Uh, and they get closer mannequins yeah. yeah and every time the lights kind of flicker out and then it goes completely dark yeah and then when it comes back on they're closer to you and yeah. you're like oh my and i'm sitting there like shooting them and nothing's happening i'm like oh you so i got I just gotta wait this out yeah <laughs> that was that was a scary yeah, the only thing you, the only thing you could do is close your eyes at that point isn't that isn't that crazy you're just like yeah you know uh like you can't look away you have right? to close your eyes if it's getting or you have to take the, the thing off because it's right there in your face yeah yeah, it's funny because uh, talking about the PlayStation VR, uh, I think I got it 
when it came out mm-hmm. like like i pre or i was i was just like i was like i got to i got to get my hands on this stuff cool. but the thing was like nobody else i knew like had it so i had like nobody to commiserate with it and so <laughs> i i was basically like a salesman <laughs> I was just like, have you tried this VR thing? It That's is what they're hoping for. It is super. It is super cool. You got to try it out. And they're like, they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, no, you really got. I need, I need somebody to talk to. I need to talk to somebody about how cool it is. They're like, I'm sure it's very cool. <laughs> A friend from work was like that. He was talking about it. Yeah. For like uh, the first two weeks that he owned it, yeah, and it made me, and I was like, I really want one. He was sell, yeah. he was selling me on it, right? But I just couldn't afford it. I, yeah, uh, that's it's like what four hundred. Like, yeah, something? he's like, I'm gonna buy you one. <laughs> if he had said cause, that, because <laughs> god damn it, I need. He said that you can you can literally put the thing on and you can watch uh it, it, like you're in a movie theater. Yeah. You is that that's you yeah. can do that. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Crazy. You can watch uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime or or whatever. Wow. Um, it feels like. <laughs> you're sitting on the couch in your living room in an environment that feels like you're sitting in somebody else's living room. Like Netflix is like a ski lodge. Like you're sitting on this big couch really? and there's like a fireplace and stuff. And That's yeah, cool. It's crazy. It's, I mean, and it's, uh, it, it's really next level entertainment. You can, you, your imagination starts like going all, like when I first got it, I was like, I was like, you could do so many cool things like wouldn't it be cool to be like dropped into like a scene in a movie yeah you know like like imagine if they reshot fear and loathing in las vegas oh and like gosh. what if you were the hitchhiker in the backseat what if you were toby mcguire sitting there and and benicio del toro and johnny depp are, are both in the front seat like terrorizing you you know <laughs> it's like it's wow. like from like an entertainment perspective there's a lot of like really cool things you, you need to be do. working for video game developing i companies. i know i really should I, sh- I shouldn't be making plastic bottles that's what you do you yeah make, yeah it, well I'm i do sure like it's a little bra- more fun than that all, yeah i mean it's it's what do you do i i think yeah. we talked about it just briefly yeah i well i do like production scheduling and customer uh-huh. service and stuff for a manufacturing plant we make plastic bottles and stuff and yeah, it's very straightforward yeah. work. It's it's uh, it's hard. It's frustrating as hell. But I mean, it's 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 treated us well. So I've been. That's why I've stuck with it for so long. Sure. I haven't you know yeah. gone for that like that really like man. I need to go like work for a video game company. Yeah. yeah. I need to make. I mean, I need to make this crazy idea, this cool thing that you know I've talked about for a year doing. You know, even uh, even as recently, uh, we went to go see uh, the Color Out of Space. Okay, I don't. Uh, is that a movie? I'm, I'm, yeah, and I'm like dragging us back to horror movies. Uh, sure, yeah. That's another one. Uh, did you watch Mandy with us? Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh, I was on. Uh, I was. I was. Um, I was tired that night, and it that's is the best way to watch it. it. It is. It is entirely in slow motion. Yeah. The whole movie. It, it so felt like a four-hour movie. Yeah. Because but it's only like two. And yeah, yeah, and it was it was crazy. And the whole story how they they want they originally wanted Nick Cage yeah. to be the villain, but he was insistent or something yeah. on, on being the the protagonist. Exactly. Uh, and then so the whole time I'm watching it, I'm literally just imagining Nick Cage playing the villain instead of the guy who played him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's even better. One of my favorite Sorry, reactions anyway. to that movie was was uh, was Kendall, and she'll she'll still keep bringing it up, and she's still like, I can't figure out if that was a good movie, but like I can't stop thinking about it. That's you know yeah. I think that was a lot of people's. For me, it wasn't a good movie. I, I really enjoyed watching it. It's yeah. one of those. I watched it once. I'm glad I watched but it. But you remember it. Yes. And think of how many like mediocre movies you've probably seen in your life that you couldn't like. Yeah. You couldn't recall a thing about. And that's and again going back to bad movies, I would rather see just a really supremely bad movie than like a mediocre. Like there's probably uh-huh. something with Meg Ryan that I saw in the <laughs> '80s that. 
I couldn't tell you a fucking thing about. Yeah. But like the story of Ricky, Ricky O, that one's burned in my mind. It's a terrible <laughs> movie. Um, you know, I showed that one. And I think I think what I liked about the horror movie nights, I remember a long time, not a long time ago, but like, a, a, you know, a, a while ago, I brought this movie called The Story of Ricky over to a friend's house. And some of his, you know, roommates were there. And we watched this movie and they just, they hated it. They hated it so Dang. bad. And, um, you know, and I mean, it, it, it's, it's an over-the-top kung fu movie where, like, people smash each other's heads. A guy uh, strangles another man with his own intestines and stuff. Okay. <laughs> people, like, punching holes in other people. Um, <laughs> okay, now, for that, sign me up. I love when movies We'll watch that. that one night. It won't be a horror movie night, but we'll, you'll, okay. we'll watch it one night. Um, and so I didn't probably see these guys for, like, maybe another five years or so. And the next time I saw him, they brought that movie up. Yeah, you're the one. Yeah, we watched Story of Ricky. That movie was terrible. I was like, but you remember it, don't you? I was like, how many movies did you watch in the last five years that you couldn't remember a thing about? You know, it's memorable. It's even even if it's bad. You know, having like having like memory, something to take with you. Yeah, I think is you're welcome. Is powerful. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like a memorable movie for me. I've just seen so many. There's sometimes when I. I'll see a movie that's on just TV or, or it's like on in the $5 bin at Walmart. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I've seen that. Like, I would have never thought about that movie again until seeing it right yeah. there in front of me. Right. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, that freaking movie. Sometimes it's fun to sit there and think about the most mediocre movies. And like, you, you and it is, it's almost like a mental exercise. You're like unlocking. You're like, oh, my God, I saw this movie. And and this gets us back to Color Out of Space. Yes, I was, I was about to ask you, what were we just talking about? Okay. <laughs> And this is actually uh, another thing, and I'll get back to the other thing. Uh, awesome. When uh, we went to go see Color Out of Space, uh, they showed a movie trailer um, for a film uh, called uh, Tammy and the T-Rex. And it starred okay. uh, Denise Richards. Nice. I'm sold. And uh, it was about uh, a girl whose boyfriend uh, uh, is killed and his brain is put into the body of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. What? And her and the T-Rex, I guess, they, I don't know, they buddy up or, or uh, save the day or I can't remember what they do. But um, That's kind of like She-Ra. I don't so, know anything about the so comic. Some friends but. of mine, me and, you know, we, we saw it, we watched it in college. And so, <laughs> and I had completely forgotten about this movie. And when I saw the trailer, it was, it was just like, oh, I, and I didn't even, I didn't even have to see the title. I saw Denise Richards and I was like, hold on a second is this and it was like it was like it was like nostalgia it was like coming but it was like going back to college all of a sudden mm -hmm. it was like oh my god her boyfriend he's dead they're putting his brain in the body of a t-rex holy shit i've seen this movie <laughs> and it was uh, it was it was cam and uh, rick it was rick bragg and i'm just like holy shit i've seen this <laughs> and they're like what <laughs> i know that feeling and they're just like how have you seen this and when it actually, when uh, on the movie, on the theatrical, I guess, release, they're doing one of the quotes was, yes, this is a real movie. <laughs> yeah. So was it a good movie? Uh, it was awful. It was, it was, I, it was terrible. It was, it was absolutely terrible. But it was, it, but you know, that exercise of trying to remember, you know, yeah. you know, movies, you're like, you're like, you know, I think, I think I saw a movie with Kurt Russell and he was playing a, a, a pirate, you know, or something. That's Captain Ron. Captain Ron, you know. 
That was that's one that's a movie that was like that for me because yeah. I saw that when I was a kid, right? Like nine or ten. I loved it. I still yeah. think it's a great movie. I've only seen it that one time, yeah, because that's all I, that's really all I needed. But I know I loved it. And I know it's good, even if I only was nine. I'm sure it's great yeah. as an adult too. But that was one where I was like, oh yeah, I saw that right when I when I was just like sick at home from fifth grade, right? Or whatever. <laughs> it's amazing how stuff like that can bring back, you know, just kind of a certain time and place, you know. Yeah. Gilligan's um, Island does that for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't remember a single episode, but I know I watched the hell out of it as yeah. a kid. So yeah. So so you have a, you know memories as as a kid, and if mm-hmm. you went back and like watched some of those episodes, oh yeah, probably it'd, it'd probably come back. Yeah. yeah. I just for me, it's hard to watch really old sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just they're just not my style anymore. Although Different Strokes was that <laughs> was the king for me. Yeah. I would rewatch that. I just don't know. I haven't seen it on cable or anything. Yeah. I don't even own cable anymore anyway. The, uh, what was the bully's name on Different Strokes? Oh, I don't remember. All I remember is him, his brother, and their butler. I don't like, and the butler was my favorite. He was so, uh, he was so chill, and yeah. he had his little funny quips here and there. I loved him, but yeah. was it the butler or the guy? I don't think they had a butler. No, it was their dad. That was their dad. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> he looked like a butler. Conrad, Conrad, it was played by Conrad feel. Bain. Okay. Um, and uh, he was their dad. He was a, uh-huh. uh, and. Um, that, yeah, that's who they go. Uh, did you know that um, Conrad has a twin brother? And no. His name's Boner. What? In real life? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. Boner Bane. Nice. Is that, it sounds like a Batman villain, doesn't it? It does. Well, actually, no. It sounds like a Batman villain in a porn parody, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Or a Catwoman. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier, before people took her seriously. No. The, the, um, the, the bully... Uh, in uh, different strokes, and you never saw him for whatever reason. Uh, he was called the Gooch. <laughs> nice. And and it's so funny because back then, like I guess, I guess it, but yeah, I guess Gooch took on a, do, a new um, uh, meaning, became a word for something else uh, yeah. in the years since. And so it didn't mean that before then. No. Well, oh. yeah, at least not 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 you know universally at large. Yeah. yeah. Now everybody knows. And so you can if you go back and you watch like uh, the different strokes, yeah, like you know Arnold's being uh, uh, terrorized. But what's his name, Arnold? Honestly, I don't remember. Yeah. I know. I mean, Gary Coleman. I'll just call oh, him Gary, Gary Coleman. I saw him at the airport. It's like yeah? the one celebrity sighting I've ever had in my life. It was pretty cool. He was much. It was like the year that he died. Yeah. So he was later. He was on still alive though, right? Yes. Was- yeah. <laughs> Yes, they, were, they weren't just they, they weren't just transporting him somewhere. <laughs> Actually, yeah, he was in his black body bag, and I hope this isn't insensitive. He was, and then it, and it toppled over. They tripped over a rock, and that's how I saw him. This is gonna this, this is gonna come back to haunt us. <laughs> you mean he is? Gary Coleman's gonna come back to haunt us. <laughs> um, so yeah, going back watching it, and it's like, oh, what happened to you, man? Why do you got? Why do you got? That rash on your eye. Oh, the gooch got me again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now he's got pink eye. <laughs> so, so what about the color of space? Or oh, whatever? yeah, the color out of space. Yeah, yeah. I guess we. Yeah, that was another thing where we were all sitting there uh, before Tammy and the T-Rex trailer played. Yes. And it was one of those also like kind of like, you know, kind of like uh, flat, you know, lightning flash moments. I was like, I was like wouldn't it be fun uh, to do, uh, you know, not everybody makes it to uh, the horror movie night. So maybe like before we start the movie, we'll do a puppet show of the previous month's movie. Like, wouldn't that be fun to do like a puppet like a puppet version, like yeah. a condensed puppet version of uh, the movies we watched before. I think it'd be a lot of fun for the people who were there the month before. Yeah. Uh, but also fun for the people 
who didn't get to see them because I, I mean, imagine like a, a puppet version of Mandy, you know? Oh my gosh, with little marionettes with like chainsaws. The chainsaws, yes. Um, but then, like, I love like, it. Are we gonna man, do you gotta this? Make, you gotta make, God, man, God, like, God, I gotta make stuff. And, but yeah. I was like, it's a, it's a good idea, and so, and so uh, I've got a. It's one of those things where I, I've got a, I've got to logistically figure out how to make it. And I know there's enough, there's enough talented. Uh. Uh, capable people who come to these because these are all theater people these are yeah. industrious people these aren't you know these aren't layabouts like myself um, <laughs> who can just like who like the extent is like you know like you know putting a movie into a DVD player but um, you know it would be it would be cool because I was thinking Mystics and Bali would be great because he gets a little swinging head you know uh-huh. flying around with a little internal yeah. organs um, he uses like pipe cleaners yeah yeah, you know, yeah, all sorts of just like inventive, you know, materials to come up with something. I like the idea of marionettes because uh, when I lived in Chicago and we used to do put on uh, shows, do like sketch stuff together, we found other people who, you know, to kind of you know, do other acts. And so it was like a variety show. And one of the guys, God, I, I, I can't believe, uh, I'm, I'm probably not going to remember. I think his name, we called him Ralph the, uh, Ralph the Puppet Guy. It's pretty straightforward. And I think it was Ralph terrible since I, I i should remember this guy's name but he was this really quiet guy it reminded me of joel uh hodgson from mystery science theater 3000 oh okay yeah um and he would put on puppet shows uh and and his thing was uh he would he would do a puppet version of barbarella <laughs> okay and, barbarella yeah it was that was a that was a early cheesy uh movie uh from uh i don't know if it was from is, the 60s that or 70s a sci-fi movie Oh, okay, okay. I just heard kind that of quasi one of the like the early like quasi softcore movies, uh, you know, that got released in the theaters and stuff. Barbara. So, anyways, he did. Uh, yeah, he 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 would do like a puppet show, and, and I mean, oh, yeah. it killed it, and it it did great. And some of the movies that we've seen, I was like, <clears throat> I was thinking, you know, wouldn't it be great to catch people up by doing, you know, some kind of like little puppet show of, you know, like wow, like you know, Mil Mascaris versus like the Aztec Mummy. Uh, would be great, great as a as and like puppet versions with the amazing costumes and stuff. Uh, we could still do that one, but but uh, Spencer could just wear the mask and he could just play it, right? And we could all and just... he could interact with the puppets. That'd be better if you did it. <laughs> yes. If you did it like that, it'd have to be more like the Muppet Show. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. you'd have to have the larger like puppets and yeah. stuff. The guy, ah, you know. But that's you know, uh, but it is. Uh, that's another idea that's just like, man, that would be. That'd be so cool, and I know, I know, if we did it, if we if we actually executed, it would be fun. We just gotta make it happen. Well, what would you if you didn't have this job? If you could have like if you could do whatever you wanted and money wasn't an issue, what would you be doing? I would be insufferable. <laughs> At least you admit it. <laughs> if I I've thought about that sometimes, I'm I'm kind of like uh, you know I'm thinking like you, know, you ever see like the tabloids and you're like you know like you know or somebody be like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is apparently like a a pain in the ass you know or or this famous person's like you know apparently really difficult and i'm sitting here thinking i'm like all right if i was young and handsome successful rich famous had a bunch of people kissing my ass all the time i'd be probably kind of a piece of shit too i guess right i mean well yes or even just your life is I so different be. from a normal person that a normal person can't really comprehend yeah. you or like where your thought, like your, your mindset is. And so you come off as different, AKA yeah. hard, difficult. To right. Me. 
I would probably be a lot more boring than like like my in my mind like what I would imagine the things I would be doing. You know, um, I'd be like, you know, okay, we're gonna open up a place that just uh, has a shooting range and it makes taffy. You know, I could sit here and come cool. up with that. I but I think if I had, you know, if if uh, if I could just do anything I wanted, it would probably be practically nothing. <laughs> really good at doing that. Just, in, just I can, enjoying. I, can, I have such a layabout. Like I can just like if I go on vacation, like. I can just I could sit outside, you know? and be fine. Yeah, just yeah. knowing that you're away from it all. Yeah, I agree. I'm like that. Yeah, like I I'm cool. I I hate when I go on vacation. My family's never been like this, but when I go with friends and their families are like that, it's fine if that's them. It's just they they, they have an itinerary. Like all right, tomorrow right. nine a.m. we're doing this. Twelve right. p.m. we're doing this. That's fine. I'll, I'll go. It's just I would I'd much prefer if we just got to just. They're like, chill. no, we're gonna go out and hunt humans for sport. Oh no! Like, sign I'm me up for that. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've heard that that is once you do that, then nothing else is the same. The most, Ernest Hemingway has a quote or something about the that. most dangerous game. Yeah, is it? Who wrote that? Was that Ernest Hemingway? Hey, Dalton from the future here. It's actually a short story by Richard Connell, not Ernest Hemingway. You stupid mother. I don't know. Uh. I'm I'm not near it. See, that, that's the thing. I've I've watched so many cheesy movies that when it comes to like the true classics. Like the the like um, book classics, the, the books, yeah, the, the yeah. well, even even the films, even hmm. some of the books and the films and so the great works. I am only tangentially familiar with. Sure, I might have read Moby Dick in school. Apparently, it's a badass book. Is it? Apparently, so. Really, I know it's really long. Yeah. Yeah, it's like nine hundred pages or something. Maybe more. No, actually, I think I think Moby Dick's manageable. Really? Oh. Yeah. I I'm I'm like you. I <laughs> Moby, Moby's dick is manageable. Uh, good for Moby, I guess, uh, or Moby's significant other. Just I've just ruined your podcast. <laughs> yeah, with a Moby Dick joke. <laughs> no, I, if if something's gonna ruin it, I'm sure it's not gonna be that. It'll be something else. <laughs> that that might make it. It's probably the, yeah. It's probably part about uh, Gary Coleman making making jokes about his corpse. Yeah. Well, hopefully people can can just appreciate that we're joking <laughs> and we're not truly assholes, even though you say that you'd be an insufferable, <laughs> an insufferable know-it-all. <laughs> I, would, I would, you know what I would, I would, I would, I would read, I would read books. Yeah. I, I would yeah. probably, I would probably, yeah, I, I, I would like, to, I would like to read the books that, you know, I feel like, you know, people should mm. be you know, familiar with and watch the movies that really, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a very well-known, you know, like most of Kurosawa's, uh, Kira Kurosawa's films, mm. I've not seen. I've seen Seven Samurai, and I've seen most of Ran. Yeah, see, I haven't seen either of those. That's about it. Yeah, you know? classics are, are not for me either. I, I tried to, there was like a time period in my life where I was like, I'm gonna, I want to be a little more uh, cultured, you know, yeah. as far as that's concerned. So I watched like Rear Window. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember. There's another Alfred Hitchcock movie that I watched. South by Southwest, is that it? North by Northwest? Um, Something. Police Academy Four. Oh, that one. Yeah, that one. Oh, it's an absolute classic. Hightower. Mm-hmm. He's at, yeah. He's back at it again. The guy in that does one. all the voices. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, what was it? Eddie something, right? Michael Winslow. Wow, oh, that was so off. I was. I guess I was thinking Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Michael Winslow though. Yeah. Have you ever heard his stand up? Yeah. Yeah. Where he yeah. adds the sound effects to mm-hmm. it. It's really cool. I don't know if he still does that. I don't know. I haven't heard about him in years, but it's cool that he. He he was he's like the only person who's ever been like that, as far as I know, who was really good with sound effects and oh, yeah. acted with it as well. Yeah, that was cool. Did you ever see Citizen Kane? That's like the classic. Is it, and that's and yeah, no, I haven't. Me neither. And that's why I, you know, um, 
you know, some movies, I mean, you, you know, I, I think I, what, from what I understand, you know, the, um, what was groundbreaking about it was I, I, I'm assuming that the manner of storytelling and editing, you know, the way it was shot, I think was not common or it kind of, uh, I guess, wrote the rule book on how movies were, were made structurally. Citizen, Citizen Kane? Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's so, my understanding of it, and, and I haven't seen it, uh, and so I'm just probably talking on my ass. It could be. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, yeah. as for a movie to be the best, if it could, if it changed the whole genre or industry, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I just listened to. It. Are you into animes at all? No, um, mm-hmm. I've 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 watched several, and mm-hmm. there's a few that I, I consider to be excellent. It's uh, anime is is a lot like horror. And I think I don't have enough bandwidth to take in another thing like that because I think like horror, when it comes to anime, about 90% of it is, is utter dog shit. Uh, <laughs> and then 10% of it is and just the te- And the 10% gold. of it, it, you know, can be um, amazing. Yeah. And, you know, with, you know, horror can be a lot like that where, um, oh, yeah, there's, definitely. I mean, you just, you go browsing through the horror section and most of it is just, it's not worth your time. It's not even, Agreed. it's not even good. It's not even, it's not even bad good. It was just, it was made by a bunch of hacks and they just figured, okay, well, if we just get this gross looking guy and just kill a few people, we'll put it on the shelf, make it look like another movie that's famous, you know, that's out in theaters right now. And we'll, you know, we'll make our money back. It's um, kind of like asylum films. Yeah. They, they do that. I mean, th- I would, I was, yeah, I was basically, it, but... yeah, I was basically. Oh, like... I, should, I just called them out, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a they're, friend of mine. They get called, they, yeah, they're they're making their money. They're yeah, fine. they're fine. Yeah, and and that's 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 fine. But I have yeah, nothing against movies... anybody who makes their living doing that. You know. Yeah. Listen to us backtracking. Even though I'm the one who needs to backtrack, right. you're good. <laughs> right. Legend has it, Dalton pulled a hamstring from doing all of that backtracking. Please cast me in your movie. <laughs> Please cast me in. Um, Whatever, not the grudge is that we're gonna do. <laughs> the the hatchet, bury the, the hatchet, burying <laughs> the hatchet. <laughs> the the angry ghost. <laughs> the uh, the 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 what the passive aggressive ghost. The pa- the ghost with a chip on its shoulder. <laughs> do you uh you, do you play the guitar? Because I've seen the yeah. guitars. Do you play any other instruments? No, um, I uh, I play guitar and bass. Cool. Uh, I picked up a bass uh, last year. Um, and that was, again, you know, kind of, uh, when I was struggling with trying to find something to do creatively, you know, when I did comedy and when I did writing, I always did best when it was collaboratively. Uh, I had, I usually had a writing partner, partner. I usually had somebody to kind of keep me on track and kind of be like, you know, we we're doing a 30 minute show. We need, we need to sit down tonight. We're going to sit down. It was like, it was like the night. Yeah. One time, I think it was the Halloween show of a radio show. It was like the day before we had to record, uh, there were four of us. Two of the guys were, I guess, not available. And so me and, and the other guy who started the group uh, had to sit down, like just sat down in his living room with just a couple notepads and were like, all right, we got to write 30 minutes of shit. We got to do it, you know? Right. And so getting back to <laughs> guitar, um, yeah. you know, so, you know, the, the writing and the comedy stuff wasn't, wasn't really happening. I was, I was uh, you know, I was trying to do some, like, short stories and, like, novel writing and stuff and, you know, struggling with that. And I was spending a lot of time, and Alex was, was a good bit younger. And so, you know, when you can't really get out and collaborate with people, um, getting back into music 
was something that kind of gave me that mm. that outlet that kind of you know that need just to make something is always there and so uh rediscovering the guitar was a great thing because I, I i you know hadn't played it for like 20 years so i had to re i had to basically relearn right start with you know ead you know open chords work your way through the justinguitar.com beginners course uh, i've been playing for probably about three or four years mm. since then and it's been a lot of fun really so yeah. have you ever played like in a band or anything no i i'm i'm extremely self-conscious Mm. And I've I've jammed with a few people, and when it connects, it's great. Right. Um, but uh, I'm 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 way too much in my own head. I can sit there and I can doodle on a guitar and keep myself amused for a very long time. I'll you know have play backing tracks and stuff that you can find on the internet. You know, just turn on some music and play along with that. As long as I I don't I, there's no expectation yeah. of, of 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 ability. I have a lot of fun with it. I uh, I feel the exact same way as you do, cause I do I play played guitar. Yeah, guitar. I played piano. I played piano for a year, year and a half when I was eleven. Uh huh. And uh, then I just started playing sports, and that's what it, that was. That took up all my time for years. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, I picked it back up once I became like twenty one, twenty two. I moved to Alabama, and I was working, and I didn't have anything else to do. So I mm -hmm. um, and a little extra income on the side, so I paid for piano lessons. Yeah, got 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 better, but it was like starting over. It had been t ten years, mm -hmm. you know, a decade had gone by, and I was really good when I was eleven. Because after a year and a half of practicing every week, you know, you're gonna get a little bit better, you know. Yeah. And uh, when I picked it up, it was it just wasn't it was harder to do. I was more I was frustrated because I would I yeah. felt like I was starting over. And mm -hmm. same with guitar because I did it for a year in high school when I was senior year, eighteen. Yeah. Because I wanted to get more girls, and honestly, yeah. it worked. It, it, people make fun of it. It works. Yeah. It works. So, <laughs> anyway, so I, uh, so I picked that back up like five years after that when I was like twenty three, twenty four, and then uh -huh. after that, I've just been kind of picking on it every time, every now and then when I, f I get that need to just produce something. Yeah. Do something with my hands that's creative. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the the need for creativity is important for humans at least certain ones yeah and i think i think some people i think some people are fine not you know like i i know people who are just like i'm not creative and i'm okay with it you know and i so i so wish i could be like that i, I wish i could just be like be like ah, i'm no good at that i'm just you know fine just you know watching my stories and going to work and I'm like, I have to, you know, I'm like, I've got this idea. I need to do this thing. I need to make this thing. And, and it's, it's funny because in a way, uh, horror movie night has been kind of that, in a way, been that yeah. outlet because like there's a, there's creativity involved in coming up with the movie selections and, you know, what oh, you're hilarious, show? Kurt, the stuff on Facebook, what you post, like how you describe what movie we're going to watch. Oh yeah. It cracks me up well, and, that's, and that's, and that's like another outlet. I'm like, I'm like, okay, great. You know, I get to write about the movie. So I, you know, they get a little bit of a writing outlet. Yeah, and uh, I do cooking, and 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 cooking is a very creative uh, endeavor. Yeah. Tell me about that. Have you always been so good at cooking? When did you pick that up? Uh, well, I mean, it was just uh, you know cooking something that I've done you know just since since I was a kid. Uh, I think it was mostly because I was impatient. I'd always get hungry like thirty minutes before dinner, so <laughs> I'd be like, "I'm gonna help out." I'm like, "I'm like, I need something to do," so I'd help out in the kitchen. Oh, because, that makes sense. Yeah, I'd just be like, "Just hurry the fuck up!" You know, <laughs> what can I do? Can I stir the meat? What What am I doing? <laughs> I'm sure your mom or, or dad who, who prepared, mom. Yeah, my mom. I'm sure was, she appreciated it. Yeah, my my mom tries to get me to help all the time, and I end up 
I do it, but I end up just like picking. Like and she's <laughs> like, all right, just just go, go. Well, sit down. and that's the other thing is because yeah, while you're cooking, you got to uh, pepperonis, little bits of pepperoni. I probably yeah. ate like half a stick of pepperoni like before it even made it in the oven. You know, there is a an element of creativity uh, that goes into you know putting the in- ingredients together. How am I gonna you know put this meal together? You know, I'll I'll start. Okay, you know, what am I gonna make? You know, this you know this month. Okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll smoke some ribs. Okay, so what are we going to put with the ribs? You're going to have, you know, I don't know, maybe some, like, pimento cheese and some candied jalapenos or have some, like, toast or, you know, I don't know, some uh, braided ox penis or... What? (laughs) (laughs) Have you really had that? No, no. (laughs) Do you think... I'm I'm, I'm trying to look up your horror movie nights. Yeah. I'm trying to... So I'm listening to you. No, that's... (laughs) I'm trying to... I want to read one of the things that you uh, described. Hi, Future Dalton here. So I never end up finding what I want to read for you during this recording. So I'm going to read it for you now. This one is from the event page for Horror Movie Night that Kurt created in August of 2018. And this is the description. I'm sure those of you who attended last month's Horror Movie Night are still digesting the nuances of the boneyard. Every now and then, I'll just be sitting there and I'll go, Oh yeah, the boneyard. You might recall they replaced Phyllis Diller with a raccoon in several scenes, and yet it was perfectly seamless. I just can't believe how great I am at picking out movies. Anywho, this month isn't a crucible that will forge your movie-watching constitution into a block of steel like the Boneyard, but it should be a good time nonetheless. We've only got one movie on deck because it's both an A and B movie. Tales of Terror. There's names all over this movie. Vincent Price, Roger Corman, Richard Matheson, Basil Rathbone, Edgar Allan Poe. Those are names. So, if you're not too busy putting together your Billy Warlock cosplay for Dragon Con, come join us for some hammy Vincent Price. That's a witty dude right there. That's all I'm saying. That's why I wanted to read this. Kurt is witty, man. We're about to go back to the show, but I just want to apologize for the next 10 seconds of the motorcycle in the background. Nothing I can really do about that. However, I think it sounds kind of cool. Okay, bye. No, uh, yeah, uh, but... um that's you know that's where the you know there there's a reward you know when you know there's a certain element of creativity when you're cooking and and the reward is that you know i mean people are eating what you've prepared and you're you know providing sustenance to people and enjoyment and it is it's the same thing as like you know i think it all comes from like that kind of same pathological need for like you know people to you know appreciate and you know like you and you know, everybody's got a bit of that. And so, you know, you know, being able to feed people and show them good movies and entertain them and stuff has always been something that's been, it's been a, a, a driver, something that I've always needed to do, even if it's not professionally. To be an entertainer? Yeah. Of sorts, like to, so you've always liked having people over at your house to, um, Yeah, which cool. is weird because I'm a complete shut-in too. Because I can, I'm, I'm, I can, I can be completely fine. Yeah. On my own, you know. Well, that's um, your that's your way of balancing your life. You you, yeah. you you knock it out for like one big night, right? And then you can and then you can go back to being introverted and, yeah. and more shut in. Well, it's, it, it's funny because I'll have you know we'll have like horror movie night, and then what I also really enjoy is like the Sunday night that follows, because usually very I, I I hardly ever do anything the night because it was such a big uh, it, it can be exhausting you know getting everything ready you know cooking you know you know people are are over late. And the next day, I actually really enjoy just kind of like 
I'm going to sit on the couch and just, I'm going to catch up on this show or, you know, That's I'm cool. just going to, I'm going to dick around on my guitar for, you know, the afternoon. And yeah. You feel like you've earned your, your night of doing nothing. Yeah. You know, I mean stuff obviously, but it's just like, right. Not, you don't have to be around people it, 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 be on your game and yeah. on. Yeah. You can just chill. That makes sense. I like that. I find when I uh, get home from work, the last thing I want to, because I'm on the phone all day at work, mm-hmm. make a lot of sales calls, and I'm talking with my coworkers. And so by the time I get home, I don't want to talk for like maybe an hour or two. I'm, I'm yeah. good. I'm good on that. I'm talked out. Yeah. You know. So right now, living alone, I come home and I have that decompressed time. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's very necessary for me. Yeah. I cannot just talk all day. So like like that's these podcasts and now, are and now we're doing just that. We're li- well, we're not talking all day, you know. But <laughs> I'm I'm good, you know. I feel like I did something. Like if I if not much else happens throughout the weekend or the next couple of days, I'm that's cool with me. Yeah, yeah. I'm this is this is my chance of having like a, a nice, cool. I, I want to say intimate, but that you know, in an intimate yeah. Yeah, type of setting. Yeah, yeah. I get to have that. I didn't have that before this. Before I started this. Yeah. And I feel happier since I started it. So. Well, and it's a good way, you know, uh, because you know, I would I would consider us to be friends, but I think I think the majority of our time together has been at the horror movie nights. Yeah. And we haven't really. I think this is the first time we've actually hung out. Yeah, it this is. is. And and I, I've, I, that's another thing I've really appreciated it. Yeah. Um, having you over so that I can get to know you a little more. Yeah. You know, a lot of the, yes, horror movie nights kind of are uh, what we know. So we've talked a lot about that. Yeah. But. I mean, I keep showing up because I like that, you know? Right. So, of course, I want to talk to you about what I like and something that we, we both have mutual respect for. Yeah. Which is bad, cheesy, and sometimes really, right. really good movies. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, and I think, uh, you know, you're a creative person as well. You've got that need uh, to fulfill that part. You know, you played uh, you played musical instruments. You do acting. Uh, you're doing the podcast. And so uh, that's definitely common ground. Yeah, I need to be creating something. Not mm-hmm. always. Um definitely not always that would be exhausting um because you need your downtime or i do but yeah we're creating something right now it's being recorded it's being compiled and and it'll be put out there for people to listen to and hopefully be entertained by right so yeah it's like performing i get to perform it's cool (laughs) (laughs) but but in my own house (laughs) in a chill environment right coffee or drink or whatever uh, food it's nice i i was just i was looking through the the horror movie nights and i was reminded of one okay behind the mask oh yeah behind the mask that was yeah. my favorite movie. I'm I'm that shocked there hasn't been a sequel to that. Right, and it's been years now. Yeah, right? like over a they've decade. They've kind of gone past their. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like if a sequel came out now, people would be like, I, I don't even think people would know what it was a sequel. They're like behind the mask too. Like right. they're like there was a first one. Yeah. It was kind of like Phantasm. Uh, Phantasm two came out in the theaters they're like this summer. The ball is back, and they're like. Like Mask of the Phantasm? Fan- no, there was a movie called Phantasm. Oh, I didn't. I yeah, there's a horror movie so. called Phantasm. See, that's the thing. It came out in the '70s, and then in the '80s, uh, they finally scraped up enough mo- money to do a sequel, and everybody was just like, "What? You uh-huh. know, this is a sequel? What's back? <laughs> okay, sure." Did you see it? Yeah. Was it was it worthy? Was yeah, it yeah, yeah. Uh. You know what? I don't. I don't remember. I I should. I want to say yes. Because the the young man that saw that movie enjoyed it greatly. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to go back and watch it. The original movie, the original Phantasm, I think still holds up. Mm. Uh, I've seen it, uh, you know, I've, uh, within the last year even, and it's still a great movie. Cool, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, Phantasm. Mm-hmm. What was the, the most recent movie we watched was 
the thing, right? That was a good night. We watched that good movies was, that night. Uh, yeah, that was that, that was the last one for 2019, and yeah. that was the only one we'd done a triple feature for. And the theme for that one was that we were going to watch 80s remakes of earlier horror movies. And so we watched oh, okay, yeah. uh, the 80s remake of The Blob with mm. uh, Kevin Dillon. I showed up after that. Really? There was a, there was a remake of that with yeah. Kevin Dillon? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we watch, we'll, you can, watch Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to watch it sometime. Yeah. I'll watch it again. Uh, <laughs> cool. Then we watched uh, the 80s remake of The Fly. Yeah, that's right. Yes. With, with Jeff Gold. And that was a remake? Yes. The Fly I, was a was a 1950s uh, horror movie with Vincent Price. Really, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I only hear about the Jeff yeah. Goldblum. One. Yeah, The Blob was a was a 50s horror movie. I didn't know that. Um, and then The Thing. I think they were all 50s movies. Yeah, The The Thing was a remake of a 1950s sci-fi movie, which was much different. Uh, the The idea was still the same. I actually haven't seen it, but you know, it's there was not. Um, uh, it was not like a body horror movie like the way uh, the thing was. Yeah, that was that was. Was that your first time? So was that your first time watching the thing? Yeah, and the fly. And the fly. Yeah, yeah. I ended up. And uh, that was a Cronen. And those and those were amazing. I mean, yeah, you watched a David Cronenberg film. Yeah. And you watched a, a John Carpenter film, and so I mean, that was like. Like there's no bad. There were like no bad, good bad in there. It was it was all mm -hmm. you know. All yeah, and I'm sure I would have loved the Blob if I had seen it. I just got there yeah. uh, a little later that the night. The Blob was a little cheesy. I forget I forget who made the remake uh, of the Blob, but it was it, it was an effects driven you know horror movie gotcha. that uh, definitely had some teeth. It was you know it had no regard for you know for the people in the movie and and <laughs> and so cool. It was kind of mean spirited. I love that when like nobody's safe. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Even the main characters, or I mean, I guess Kevin Dillon. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like Game of Thrones or anything. Yeah, I, I always appreciated that about you know some, uh, horror movies when you, you never really knew who was gonna who was gonna make it out or uh -huh. if anybody was gonna make it out. Return of the Living Dead was a lot like that. Is, is that the? I, was, I wanted to ask you about that one. Is that we've seen? Was yeah. that one of the movie night ones? Yeah, we is that watched. The one where they, they pretend to be the cops to bring more. Yeah, cops? the zombies. Yeah, the zombies pretended to be the uh, police uh, or uh, yeah. call and help. They actually like they do it like first four times, responders. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that was Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Two? No, that was the that was the first one. Dead. That was the only one. Um, I loved that movie. Yeah, Return that of the Living fun. Dead was. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, the movie that I think culturally made brains a thing before Return of the Living Dead, you know, zombies and brains weren't like, you know, oh. two things. But now it's like, you know, oh, yeah, zombies. Oh, all zombies eat brains or they say brains all the time. That's like from that movie. Brains. Exactly. Yeah. That's where that came from. Um, that movie is specifically had no regard for its cast. It just abused everybody yeah. throughout the entire movie, all the way up to the end. And... Um, it was uh, written and directed by Dan O'Bannon, who, um, when he made the movie, actually, um, the movie studio wanted a um, sequel to Night of the Living Dead. And so they actually wanted Return of the Living Dead was supposed to be like a follow-up, I think, to Day of the Dead. Um, and Dan O'Bannon uh, didn't want to step on Romero's toes, and so instead of making it a, uh, a sequel to any of uh, Romero's movies, uh, he made it. Um, his his catch was he made a movie where uh, the movies Night of the Living Dead existed, okay. and it was 
based on, it was presumably based on real events. So that was a really cool approach was that, all right, I'm not going to make a sequel to this guy's movie, but in my, in my movie world, Night of the Living Dead is a movie that exists that people have seen and is loosely based on real events. Oh my gosh. I love it. That's, that's really a very respectful way to like, because Yeah. yeah. Man. So Romero must've been like a pioneer. Yeah, I mean the the modern zombie genre is definitely his, you know, his doing. I mean, there were zombie movies before it. Mm. There were movies about you know dead people coming back to life and you know menacing the living. But I think this was the first one where it was just like you know, oh my god, you know, the the dead are getting up, walking around, and biting people. And that's you know that that was pretty much his sandbox. Do you, which movie is the one where they're in like an underground bunker? That's Day of the Dead. Okay, who and who is that? That's uh, that was. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, some of the main principles in that one, but I don't think. I mean, there were some memorable performances, but I don't think any like big names yeah. came out of that one. I don't. Um, I, I know I've seen it. That was the most effects driven. I remember that was the one that like if you were you know like when I was like in middle school and read like the Fangoria magazines where they'd always have something gross on the cover of it. Like Day of the Dead was like the movie that was made for like. Like cool. the, the preteens and the early teens who just wanted to watch like the grossest, gross out stuff there was, and that was you know out of all the the Romero movies, that one had the most just kind of nasty, gross out stuff. Day of the Dead. Yeah. So that was a Romero movie. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, I thought so. I I so I have seen one before. Yeah. <laughs> cool. What was I going to ask you? I, I had a really good question and I forgot it. Obviously, horror movie related. <laughs> Oh, no, no, kind of, yeah. What would you do uh, in a zombie apocalypse? Have you thought about this? Uh, there was a time a long time ago when, when you know, uh, what was it? A friend of mine uh, bought me uh, the zombie survival handbook. Okay. Or cool. whatever. The, yeah. uh, hand, it was, uh, Is that the green book? Max Brooks, Mel Brooks' son, uh, wrote a, a, a survival guide. And it was, it was kind of tongue-in-cheek cool. tongue because... I don't know. Did you ever ever been to like ever seen like those old like uh, like survival guide manuals like those printed ones that you'd find at like an Army Navy surplus store? Yeah, yeah. And they were very. They looked like they were like uh, written on a typewriter and like hand stapled together, and they had these kind yep. of crude drawings and stuff. And the it's zombie cool. the zombie survival guide was written a lot like one of those kind of like you know some guy in a bunker just made this <laughs> book and all this create you know you know and. You know, it was a fun read, and and I pro- and I remember reading that book and going, "My house is extremely ill prepared." <laughs> I'm like, I don't have an attic or a basement. Uh, the windows are completely uh, unprotected. Um, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah. Um, uh, I, you know, if you know, some people watch like the, the like the apocalyptic zombie shows or movies and it's kind of like a power fantasy it's like kind of like a, a free pass to go and like stab somebody in the head and not feel bad about it uh you know because they're, they're, they're zombies i i guess like you know that uh you know that genre to me has always been more about um you know kind of like it's almost kind of a macgyver-esque industriousness uh, kind of like almost like watching like an A and E or like you know H and G uh, Home and Garden <laughs> TV show H and G H and G where somebody's like you know making something like you know you know I'm gonna construct uh, you know yeah. uh, a machine here that's that's uh, gonna protect me from zombies you know let's see how we do it you know? <laughs> did you ever see the show Doomsday Preppers 
It's probably a lot like that. It, I haven't, but it's, it's, it's yeah. reminding me of. I watched a few, I watched like a season. I just found it on Netflix one night, and I just watched, just binged it because it was so interesting. Yeah, these guys they they spend thousands of dollars on these bunkers, yeah. and they put them in them out out in the middle of nowhere. And then some of them have a bigger plan than others. And at the end of the episode, I think I'm remembering this correctly. They the like the show people, you know, the people putting on the show, I guess it was History Channel maybe mm-hmm. or Discovery Channel. At the end, they rate their survivability. Okay, like on bunker, on plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on on food supply or whatever, like they had like a few a few uh, categories that they would rate them on, yeah. and they get like a B minus or an A plus or whatever. It was really interesting, yeah. actually. And, it, and it's, it's like, well, you hope you never need that. Yeah. But if you do, then those guys are set. Uh, I think. Why don't you happen while they're on vacation, though? Yeah, I, I get really, I get really uh, the, like the realism that I, I always have a problem with that. Like, also, I think, man, what would I do in the you know, mm. case of something? Then I'm like, you know what? If I'm being completely honest with myself, I'm I am a product of the modern age. I'd probably be a zombie. Um, <laughs> it sucks to think that. I don't think a lot of people think. Well, you know, maybe, because maybe it's like, you know, I'd be like, like, no, I'd have like switchblade hands. I'd be right. like, bah, bah, fuck you, zombie. And <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I think I'd probably be very comfortable being a zombie. I oh, think, yeah? you know what? I think I'd probably, well, here's the thing. I could go wherever I want to go. <laughs> That's true. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't have to worry about anybody eating me because I'm a zombie. <laughs> True. You know? Um, don't really have any worries. I mean, what what's a zombie got to do? You know, vampire's got to feed. Vampire's got to be, like, in his coffin by you know, a sunrise. Vampire can't cross the uh, running water. Uh, sometimes uh, they're, you know... And depending uh, on the lower yeah, the threshold of yeah, the house. Yeah, werewolves, you know, they got the full moon. They have to chain themselves up or, you know... You know, mummy's probably got some connection to its corpse or whatever. A zombie has uh, has a pretty easy. They have no responsibilities. <laughs> they being... don't have a day job. They don't have to feed. They really don't. They don't have yeah. to eat people. They just do it because what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there's no people around, they're just walking around aimlessly. Yeah. Just, just looking around. Just, yeah. just essentially like listening out for... Right. A human to eventually come along. No, no expectation to, um, you know, have like the like you'll never see zombies having small talk. Oh, that's it's perfect for an introvert. Uh, uh, sure is cold out here. Um, Wish I had some skin. Why did I have to die naked? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you put something on? Yeah, just uh. shrugs. Yeah. <laughs> As they just like walk into like a river and just get taken downstream. Right. And yeah, it's, you know what, that I think the zombie and, and maybe might not be uh, a pre- as appreciated for being a very go with the flow kind of monster. People are, wow. are usually terrified by, you know, they're usually seen as a mass of, of a force of nature that you can't control. That's, that has uh, no, uh, no empathy is persistent uh, comes in waves, you know. Is you're trying to keep it out. You're trying, you know. It's just trying to keep death. It's like a, a, it's like a mask of the red death. You know, they're trying to keep the plague out mm-hmm. while they have a ball. Um, but uh, you could you could look at it from the other angle that the zombie is just uh, really, you know, just kind of uh, kind of chill. That was very. That was a very good advocacy right there for zombies. Yeah, <laughs> you just, right. you should, Standing you just change, up, shed a light on being a zombie. I, uh, uh, I represent the uh, uh, zombies. Um, <sighs> speaking on behalf of the zombies, they just uh, like uh, would like to uh, oh. for all of you to know, 
um, that uh, while they would like to eat your brains, oh. uh, they do not do so uh, out of any uh, real uh, spite oh. or, uh, oh. uh, 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 yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you got a zombie next to you who's yeah. just like, just nodding with approval. Right. Like, just, I can't say this to you, but no. he's right. <laughs> yeah, they are. They, so, so, yeah, I, so that, yeah being the, a monster would be difficult. Yeah. And and in the whole apocalypse scenario, that's that's why I kind of default. Either that, or I would just have to like um, make friends with the guy with the shelter, or yeah. just kind of like, yeah. or just kind of be like, fi- like find like the like. Um, did you ever see uh, the Road Warrior in Mad Max too? No, I've only seen the. the uh, so you got the Lord Mighty Humongous terrorizing the uh, survivors uh, who have uh, who are keeping all the gasoline. Him and his uh, band of uh, dune buggy motorcycle wearing uh, uh, riding uh, psychos with the uh, the Mohawks and stuff. Uh, they're all encircling this uh, place where they have the gasoline. And the humongous is this giant, like pro wrestling looking guy. He's got like this like studded cod piece and a and a metal like Jason Voorhees mask. And then there's this nerdy guy with like this like coon skin, like I don't know, like fucking Napoleon hat. And he's got these Coke bottle glasses and he's kinda like his like MC. He's just kinda, <laughs> okay. you know, you know, here he is, the mighty humongous, everybody. He's coming to kill you. You know, um, I think I'd have to be that guy. Oh, okay. I, I'd, I would have to. I think I would have to find like like the big like muscular psychopath, <laughs> and be like, you know, like I'll be your PR guy. Yeah. Hey, he's coming to kill you. Why don't you just open up the doors, let him in, and only kill ten uh, percent of you? Of course, we're still gonna take all your stuff, but we feel this is a fair deal. Yeah, that's a that's actually a very vital role in the apocalypse. It is in a in a dystopian world. You're kind of needed. You're like the the messenger. Right. I, I I'm basically I, I'm basically what do you call them? Um, who are the people that uh, uh, ambassador? Yeah, or, or no. law. What do you call loss um, prevention? Prevention, loss prevention. Yeah, the humongous <laughs> would otherwise probably lose a lot of valuable resources taking back the uh, the, oh. the gasoline. And see, yeah. and you could uh, you know maybe you know negotiate something you know favorable so that everybody gets a little bit what they want and um, you know still a lot of pillaging involved. That's cool. Yeah, the guys get their fun because they need it. They're a little bloodthirsty, yeah. but like, listen, we don't want to do all. You know, you guys will get to survive. Right. You're gonna have to join us. You right. know, you, you become a part of our army because if you right. just leave them be, then they're just gonna go. Yeah. They're gonna get bigger and bigger, and then they come back at you. Right. And so you like you have like interviews, and they're like, "So, what are your thoughts on eating human beings?" <laughs> you know. Do you prefer the toes or? Right. <laughs> what do you want to hear? Finger guy. <laughs> right. That's a pretty good role that you yeah. have. Yeah, I agree. I what about you? What would that. you say? Would you be would would you be uh, 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 humongous or uh, or 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 the guy uh, was uh, storing the the guzzling or uh, or the Mad Max just wandering the wasteland with your dog? Man, I don't that okay. I've got a dog. That yeah. then I'd want to be Mad Max, but yeah. I don't know. I just recently, like in the past month, I, I I just was scrolling through YouTube and I saw this video of a guy who it was like forty minutes long and it was how to survive out in the wilderness for mm-hmm. for seven days with only a pocket knife right and i was like interesting let me let me look and see what that's like because i don't know yeah and that looks difficult so <laughs> hard this guy and he, he was really well done yeah I, I can't remember his name or his channel or anything or else i would 
shout it out for him, but he's like, he, he makes fire and, and the way he has to do it, he has to cut off, he has to find a certain type of branch off a tree and he has to cut it. He yeah. has to like make a, 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 a long tight rope with it. And then he, and he does I'm getting whole... exhausted just listening. Yes, it was exhausting like, watching can I, it. Can I go take a nap? You've got a bed right here. I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. just turn off the lights. Leave me alone. Or you could just bring the mic over, over there. Right. And you'll just, right. Just <laughs> lay down with the mic next yeah. to me. That does sound very hard. Yeah, so I don't I don't think I could I, I'd be able to do it alone, and so I don't think could, I'd be human. you could befriend him. I'd be he'd oh, be he Mad would Max? be out he would be just just out in the middle of the wilderness with nothing but a pocket knife trying to make fire, shivering, and you you just be like, hey bro, what's up? I got a lighter, right? <laughs> you want right. to like just team you're up like, on this? Like I don't I don't have anything, but you know um, you know. I mean, numbers, right? Yeah, like could, safety and numbers. Yeah, chill out. Yeah. Talk I'd... about movies. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's me and you. Somehow, right. somehow your life has changed, and, 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 and 20 years from now, I come up across this bearded man. Right. And it's you. Yeah, that would be, yeah, that, see, that'd be, that'd be the funny thing is because there wouldn't be movies anymore. True. So I would have to be the guy who just describes movies. Oh, you'd be the, the, the storyteller. Right. That's cool. Right, but they would all be horrible like mishmashes <laughs> or like half half That's remembered. Great. It's yeah. like it's like I would wind up I would probably wind up putting like two movies together like inadvertently that I just kind of misremembered. It's, like, it's a movie where a guy is shrunk down and injected into a human body and then um, I think I think uh, aliens come in and destroy the planet. And the president gives a big and speech. They, and, and instead of like instead of like like crafting a really like interesting story that people are like hanging on every word, I'd just be like, "Yeah, it was really cool. You really should have." Oh man, I wish you'd seen it. It was really cool. There was this guy, and like he kicked another guy off a bike, and he's like, "Fuck you," and it was really funny. And this this police officer pulls this guy over, <laughs> and he tells him to fuck off. He like knocks his hat off his head. Oh man, it was so. Everybody loved it. It won the Oscars that year. <laughs> no one can combat you on they that. Made a, they made a musical. Um, <laughs> I got a book deal. Right, and I wrote the music. And <laughs> But you're never going to know. Cause... Yeah, you just sing them like a Britney Spears song or, yeah. or like a Pearl Jam. I, right. I just went from Britney Spears to Pearl Jam, but hey, right. you know, that's, that's the and They're like, you wrote that? And they're like, I totally wrote that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're singing like that'd all... Be more like a, that'd be more like if, like, if we remade H.G. Uh, Wells' uh, uh, the time machine. Yeah. And there's like that version of the future where he goes into and there's like, it's that, that dystopia where everybody's just wearing like colored like togas and they're all just, you know, lounging about and, uh, you know, just living these, these, uh, hedonistic lifestyles. But the trade-off is that the Morlocks come out, uh, at night and drag some of them away to eat them. Um, and so like, uh, I guess like I would be the guy that traveled the future. I would just entertain the people who get eaten by the Morlocks <laughs> and tell them about all these wonderful things that I, I've, I've come up with and yeah. invented. Uh, and then I guess, I guess, I, I guess, you know, true to my, my role, I would have to like somehow be a representative of the Morlocks too. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be, you'd be, um, it reminded me of like, do you know Harry Potter at all? The character yeah. Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah. Kind of just like, he's like making himself a little bigger than he really yeah. is yeah i have all this knowledge i was there i did this and i did that <laughs> yeah <laughs> like oh my gosh wouldn't you love to go back in time and amaze people with your half-baked somewhat put together knowledge of how things work oh my gosh imagine going back in time like the the realisticness like realistically speaking if it was possible there's i'd be killed right away i feel like i would too they I'd be would burned as a witch probably. yeah 
I, we wouldn't be able to, I, I would want to be showing it off, right. you know, like, check it out. Look, this is a quarter from 2000, right. 2003. And <laughs> I would just be, in, I would be, you'd probably be labels insane. I think yeah. there was a, a Michael Crichton book, and I think they probably, I think they made a terrible movie out of it. It was called Timeline. And I think the one interesting thing. I feel like I've seen that. Is, who's in that? I, I don't know who was in the movie. Hmm. Um, anyway, It yeah. came and went. But uh, the, I think that the one idea that I took away from the book that I liked was the fact that, like, usually, like, in time travel fiction, the person from the future goes back to the past, and, you know, they're kind of, they're all kind of, like, superior to everyone because, like, yeah. they know about things, mm. and, you know, they're more savvy than, you know, and all these technology. savages around them. Yeah. Um, but in this, it's like, they're basically meat because everybody back in the Middle Ages was just, like, if they were alive, they had to survive some terrible shit, and they yeah. were... And, and and life was cheap and people were killed left and right. And so it was like extremely dangerous. It was like a horror movie practically being sent back in time. I mean, you know, it's like coming across like a knight. You would just, you would meet your end in yeah. no time. Yeah, absolutely. You would not know so, how to combat that. And if you didn't die of a disease that right, they had back then. You'd have the plague before. like right away. Right away, yeah. <laughs> and then you're dead. Um, that's why going back to horror movies, that's what I liked about uh, Army of Darkness. Um, Did we darkness. watch that on one of our horror? I, I know. I think that one's a little too. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. I, one. I consider, I, that's me. I consider Army of Darkness to be mainstream, but I love the time travel concept. Where that was was uh, the the hero of the movie goes back in time, and he just considers everybody around him to be savages, just because he's from the future, and has a little bit of like industrious knowledge. Uh-huh. But he's he's a buffoon, and just the fact that. He's he's keen on certain things that they aren't. Just elevates him to a level he just doesn't belong. That and this is this is it was called timeline. Oh, I was talking about Army of Darkness. Oh, I'm sorry, and Army of Darkness. Right. And see, that right, goes right, back right. to my story. Where I mean, the apocalypse. I'm telling people stories. Yeah. I, I probably and that's the thing. I would mash up timeline with uh, Army of Darkness, and everybody <laughs> be sitting around the garbage fire, going, "Yes, and what happened?" And like, I don't know. It was it was pretty good. <laughs> you would because like they I start to like blank you. on details, and if I'm too tired to like fill them in, I, I just be like, ah, yeah, and then um, it's really good. You should have seen it. It's really good. <laughs> Maybe you uh, shouldn't tell people that you know much about movies. Then if, if it ever comes <laughs> down to that, if you're not already a zombie by that point, right? Yeah, it, I, I realized from playing that game, Rush of Rush of Blood mm-hmm. or, or whatever, um, on VR the other day. I realized how hard it would be to survive an apocalypse. I'm so happy you're talking about VR right now. Really? Yeah. Why? <laughs> because we we were talking about earlier. Yeah, was, that that was that desperate need. I mean, it's it's cooled off because it's been about like three years. <laughs> oh right. But uh, that that like that like pathological to um, need to share this thing that I thought was so so awesome with people, but mm-hmm. it's hard to share it because you're just like. Here, come to my house, and I'm going to blindfold you, <laughs> and I'm going to give you these things, and then you're going to be completely alone in my room. <laughs> no, don't worry. Don't worry. Where are you going? That's funny, yeah. I was, when I was playing, I was like, uh, I was at a, a couple of buddies' house, and while I'm playing, I just, I'm, I'm imagining them just watching me. Like, I have no idea what, right. I can't see them, so right. I'm imagining them Are you trying to put me, a like, pencil laughing. down my ass crack while I'm turned <laughs> around, or, you know? Is that why I woke up sore? <laughs> no, Russia Blood was cool though because, yeah. but it also made me realize, yeah, I would die instantly because reloading. Like if there's, 
Yeah. In in video games, you reload real quick. Like yeah. that's not you do not have like a million magazines just hanging down your side. The game moves at a million miles an hour. Yeah. It's like a nonstop firefight. It's like every war movie mashed together. And then when you have to reload, it becomes this like languid, hot southern day out on the porch having a mint julep. I think I'm going to put a few bullets back in my gun real <laughs> slow-like and just, yeah. you know, meanwhile, just like all hell is like raining upon you. Yeah, you nothing would happen other than you might get like the first three and then you just get devoured by a hundred. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, that's, I'm out. Yeah, it brought, yeah, VR brought a lot of new uh, experiences like entertainment-wise that I, I think, I think haven't been fully realized yet and i think they're replicating a lot of things that people already do in video games but some of the most interesting things were uh justin roiland who did uh, rick and morty mm-hmm. had one come out called uh, accounting plus and it was a game where uh just completely played with all the conventions of virtual reality like where are you what are you doing you know and you know um and how game characters interact with you the player on a more personal level because it just starts off and you're in just an office and the phone starts ringing and you know you have to pick up the phone and and uh, the guys on the, on the other end are telling you to do things within the game world you know open up this door pull this out but the thing is if you're kind of fumbling around you know trying to figure out how to make things work the guy on the phone starts losing his shit and just starts screaming at you and like abusing you and and if it goes long enough you can hear him they start to crack up like they're cracking themselves up, <laughs> like laughing while they're like screaming at you. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's this weird, like, it's like, it feels like kind of quasi improvised. It's like, it's like being in like, like being pulled up into like a live improv show. And, uh, and it is, it's very surreal uh, because you can change reality up at, at whatever. And so you have a series of little VR goggles you put on each one. You get a different kind of vignette. And there's different, all sorts of, uh, you know, different paths you can take. And that I think that's really interesting. And something that I think a lot of people haven't really gotten to experience yet, you know. And a lot of people are getting getting in on the ground floor right now. But I think, it, like, you know, as far as, like, media goes, I think it's, I think it's going to, there's going to be, I think, probably, like, a Citizen Kane of... Mm virtual me- virtual reality media and i don't think we've found it yet yeah. but they're kind of writing the rule books right now and figuring out what works because you can watch movies that are or short films that are completely in virtual reality you can like look around and you've got a full 360 degrees uh view around you so are they using a special camera to do that yeah and sometimes they're animated or they'll have okay. like a special oh, camera yeah. you know they had one wow. where um it was a guy just playing a violin and you're sitting in a chair, but the audio was so well done, and you felt so present. And it was actual live video that you know you could turn around, and look, and you could see like you know the cameras behind you, or you know like the room that he was in. And it had enough spatial awareness that if you kind of leaned forward or turned your head to the side, it had this three-dimensional effect that you were just standing, you were sitting, you know, five feet away from this guy who was playing violin for you. What? Yeah. And that's why I was thinking, you know, you know, if you were like dropped into a scene where you're sitting in the back seat of a car watching a scene unfold, that you're present, you're maybe recognized, and then you know, I guess maybe the amount of agency you have in there is probably a big question. But I mean, you could you could have theater for the next person who comes in. It would it would be like a, a form of of almost like a form of live theater. You could totally do that. That that's it's kind of 
creepy to think about how that could be the future. Yeah, and they've they've done that to some extent. There was one called the Under Presents, um, and for a period of time, some of the non-player characters uh, were actually portrayed by live actors. So it was like a multi. It's almost it was like a multiplayer game. Person mm. come and play the game, but they would have actors hired to be non-player characters within the game because it, a lot of it was uh i think one of the aspects of the game is that there's a lot of these like live shows and acts that you watch and so a lot of the live shows and acts were performed live in game mm. um you know by actors and so the thing is you would be sitting here watching this thing that you think is just a game so it's just you playing the game but then the person on stage starts engaging you so it's engaging, you know, for like audience participation. And so all, all of a sudden you're having feedback in game with a character and it's what? more, uh, you know, kind of interpersonal. And that's, so it becomes more like a live, you know, more like live theater in that way. What a cool thing to have. Like if that, if that keeps going the way I think it's going, there, there could be people, maybe even yourself, who just don't leave home and yeah. just live out their lives in virtual reality. We could live in a virtual wasteland while I find a virtual humongous. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. And I'll be Mad Max's right. yeah. sidekick who ends up getting shot in the last scene. Yeah. You know, or some, saving him or saving the girl right. or the dog. Yeah. I'm cool going out if I save the dog. Yeah. Have you seen the John Wick movies? Yes. The third one as well? Yeah. I loved that. I loved that movie. I love all three of those I, Same. Movies. But the third one... They're uh, getting more and more absurd, and, I, and yeah. I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. I'm totally okay with it as well, because it's it's so unrealistic, but you're there for the yeah. ride. I'm right. not expecting to like learn about the universe from these movies. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm going in to have a good time. It is pure entertainment. Yeah, and I thought it was really cool in the third one how they incorporated the dogs. Uh, mm-hmm. With Halle Berry's character, yeah, it, I've never seen so many groins get destroyed. Yeah, it was a little. They could have ended it maybe a minute, a minute and a half earlier, or like yeah. four or five less act, dog action scenes. Yeah, but at the same time, I we I've never seen anything to that extent. Yeah, um, as well done as it was. So I was cool with seeing more of it. But at, at the same time, after a while, I was like, okay, I get it. The dogs are badass. Like, yeah. let's keep this going. And at the same now, time... Now, if John Wick had learned some of those moved and, moves and done some of that himself, that would have been... Yeah. Fun. Oh, at least three groins. I would yeah. need If he's going to do one, I, I need two more after that. Do you know what? Maybe that should be the fourth one. And that's all he does. <laughs> just groins beware. And people and people, <laughs> people just come out of the theater going, what the fuck? <laughs> I just watched Keanu Reeves bite 400 dicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that would that would uh i think that would break the worldwide record for box office yeah absolutely keanu reeves fighting groins <laughs> <laughs> that yeah that but the third one was really cool they they had he's on he's they had the dogs he's riding on the horse yeah and then he's riding on the motorcycles and then it has like the russian mafia involved I, and he's out in the desert and finds like a right. whatever like uh, i forgot about that yeah king of the Hitman? What? Something like that, right? And he has to get his blessing to do something? Or, I don't even remember anymore. He had to give him some coin. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny because... Um, it started to lose its way for me by that point. Did they? It, it, I think that was one of those movies where I don't think any idea was thrown away. No, yeah. They incorporated everything. Yeah. We need this. We need, we need to have the Russian mob. We need to... We need to make it to where this whole this universe is just full of assassins. Like, right? They then they're listening to some radio that's saying like John Wick is you know excommunicated in ten right. minutes. You know, and check back in in five. You know, is yeah, yeah. Could so, you do that with any other profession? You'd, I guess you'd have to do it with hitmen. Dentists, maybe. Dentists, yeah. Yeah. Oh my they have God. a lot of drilling in there. Yeah, a, a rogue uh, Pretty, dentist 
who was, who was dragged back into the world of dentistry because some badass dentists kill his dog. Oh man! And so he's out. He's a veterinarian, a veterinary dentist. Ooh. Yeah, he he goes a different route. Like he he gets he he gets like malpractice suit against right. him, and that's why he's out. And right. he gets pulled back in, but it, for for revenge, so he goes into veterinary right. dentistry. And uh, and he gets that guy's dog back. Right. And instead of exciting gunfighting scenes, you get scenes of teeth cleaning. <laughs> a montage of just right. flossing. Like <sighs> you know the, the Yeah, some the, people think it's gonna be like really exciting. Like like oh there's it's gonna be like all like 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 hyperkinetic John Wick stuff and actually maybe we just slow it down. Yeah. And once you get to the teeth cleaning, you just kinda you get all that small talk. So uh <laughs> So, uh, very realistic view. Yeah. I haven't been getting a lot of sleep lately. It must have been because of all that rain. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and then, like, 40 minutes of. You know that. That's that, actually you know, how it sounds. Yeah. yeah the, the polisher. Yeah. You know? that's, that's, that's pretty good, actually. Yeah. I got to go in for a teeth cleaning do you know in, what, though, in a month. Do you know what I like about teeth cleaning, though? I like. What's that? It, it's, I, hate, I hate the polishing, but that little water gun. Yes, and just the, get it all off. And the suction tube, though, because like you feel like a utter. It, it's it's almost like you feel like uh, some like uh, like like Ro- some like hedonistic Roman emperor, and you're just covered in in stuff, and they're just like, let me spray the 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 crud from your teeth and suck it out with a tube because you're too. You know, like you can't just like rinse and spit yourself. They're gonna get like a tube because you're you're yeah. so lazy. You can't even spit. They're gonna, my lord, can I can I suck out your your saliva with a vacuum tube? Gosh, you may. They have like a, a giant like elephant ear plant that's like just being held by one of their front office workers right. who's just fanning you the yeah. whole time. That beats the hell out of just the waterfall channel or whatever. The waterfall channel? Yeah, they show like those calming videos of just waterfalls, or is it... well, just you know, it's nature scenes and like, like, well, like what's on do when you, you go like, to a hotel. What, you, what kind of dentist? Uh, like, uh, do you go to one of those dentists where oh, it's just like dentist. a green tile and it looks like an execution chamber, <laughs> that, or I mean, is that's... it, or is it one of those ones where they try to make you like really relaxed and <sighs> they like you know put up they like play the the soft jazz and stuff. Because I've been to both kinds. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like the Green Mile. You like walk in, <laughs> yeah, and it smells like antiseptic. And you feel like you're going to like your death row like appointment for the I'm injection. I'm afraid this is going to hurt very much, Mister Titshaw. <laughs> and then you get the other ones that it's just they're ma- it's just masked with right. like photos of like smiling people there's, yeah, there's dogs and ads yeah. for and, and fucking quotes you know like mm-hmm. live today laugh tomorrow love often or whatever yeah. the hell right. that is yeah that's that's the most recent one that i went to right uh there one dentist though that i went to in high school he had, they had a tv over you so and every yeah. time i went supernatural was on so that was oh. cool that was cool yeah but then he'd yeah. be talking to me and it's like bro like I'm, I'm in the middle of my show yeah. man like quit quit he was a baseball coach, so he'd always be asking me about sports and stuff. Right. And I'd just be like, oh, man, I just really want to watch like yeah. them take on this gin right now. You put on some like really – it may be fun to put on some like questionable uh, viewing. <laughs> like he's just like, my little pony. Oh, you know. Or like my girlfriend's a stripper. Right. On like on whatever channel, yeah. I, whatever channel would put it on. Like I didn't want to ask you about this, but uh, every time you come over, uh, we do the teeth cleaning – 
you always watch those serial killer shows. <laughs> yeah, that's... Just taking notes. Just taking notes, yeah. Right. Just want to get better at my craft. Right, I just want to, you know, I, I like learning. Yeah. Right? I mean, I just love learning. I love learning about things. Um, I'm not, you know, you know, I, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I would never think about killing another person. But, I mean, what's wrong with knowing how to flay a person alive? It might come in handy one day. I mean, you know, here's the thing. I'm not saying I would ever wear another person's skin, <laughs> but... If I were in a room and somebody said, does anyone here know how to wear another person's skin? <laughs> and it was life and death. I would know. Be a good skill to have. Yeah. I mean, if knowledge is knowledge, right. regardless. Of course, your dentist would never, you'd never have the time to say all that. No, no, unfortunately. You just kind of like gargle yeah. back a, a response. Oh, that's where te- telepathy would come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a telepathic dentist. There we go. I'm a telepath. I'm going to go into dentistry. I'm going to be the best dentist because they're actually going to be able to talk back like every patient wants to do. Well, that would make your your uh, John Wick dentist movie a lot more entertaining if he was telepathic. Yeah, It'd you're be right. like scanners, you know, maybe where he could make somebody's head explode with his mind. <laughs> or rubber. Did You were there to watch rubber, right? That's what it is. Yes, I was. But it's Robert. Robert it, the Tire. Yes, but but Keanu Reeves and dentistry real fast. Yeah, how they can connect is because he's biting all those groins. He's got he's got he's constantly having to go back to the dentist <laughs> to get his teeth, his enamel strengthened. Jesus, <laughs> they're they're filing down his canines. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a those rubber. Are, those were some wiry pubes. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so 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 uh, then it's just so it's John it's just John Wick's dentist lecturing him about. Fighting groins? Yeah. <laughs> Different types of All right, all right, two things, Mr. Wick. You're brushing too hard. I can see your gums are receding. And second, I've never pulled out so many pubes from another person's molars. You've got to stop. <laughs> it's just a, it's a constant. Every, like, 20 minutes after the big action scene, he comes back to him, and, yeah. and it's just him just trying to coach him yeah. away from it and just getting more and more frustrated. What would people talk about after me? Like, when they're walking out, like, in the lobby, they'd be like, Oh man, I couldn't believe it when when the dentist finally bit his groin at the end. Oh. And then somebody's like walking in the movie like, "God damn it, spoilers." <laughs> I'm not even going to watch it now, right. man. I'm going to go in and sneak in and go oh, see the third Jumanji movie. Especially when he didn't he didn't he didn't fully get the grade. He just kind of glanced that guy's sack. <laughs> what about I'm rubber so, though? I'm so glad you decided to do this podcast. This has been gold. <laughs> this is a i've enjoyed this conversation very much so but you wanted to talk about rubber the, the killer tire i don't know if there's a lot to talk about it's a killer tire yeah it's a movie I, about a killer tire i loved how it was shot how they, it was yeah. obvious that they just kind of rolled the tire and then just started shooting at times yeah, <laughs> yeah i I, th- I think there there were some special effects i think there was a rig involved where they had a remote control tire but Oh, I, mean, I think cool. there were there it, 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 there were scenes where it was just like you could tell like somebody just off camera like through the tire. Yeah, let it go, you know, let it I roll. Mean, what do you, I mean? I, I didn't. I expected nothing less. Yeah, it's well, not. Yeah, it's not like I saw that and I was like, well, I'm taking out of this. It was like that movie uh, I was telling you about, uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare. Yeah, which uh, is about a, a heavy metal band that goes to a haunted house. Well, a house that they didn't know was haunted, okay. or, or uh, under the influence of a demonic force, rather. 
and uh, are systematically killed one by one. But the twist is the um, uh, the lead uh, in the band is actually an archangel who is there what? to do battle with the demonic force and created all of his band members as an illusion to draw out the demon. Cool. And in this mythic battle at the end between good and evil this giant monster versus this you know hulking uh you know thor-like blonde-haired muscular guy all oiled up uh, he starts throwing these uh uh creatures at him these little rubber starfish and there's i mean it's just it's literally just somebody throwing it at him and the guy just takes it like you know, holds it up to his chest just like ah you know it's it's one of those just uh, just lovable rubber monster moments, but <laughs> if you describe it in your mind, the concept of like you know you know ancient eternal beings doing battle, you know good and evil within you know this earthly realm, it sounds like almost like a Marvel movie, <laughs> but it's like somewhere ab like just above like the production value of like a nail fungus instructional. Like, oh no film. yeah but those moments where like the rubber monsters just being thrown off screen at them uh are, i live for that yeah that's movie making at its finest yeah. right there and then when they when they when they show it and it just obviously comes from off screen yeah so that's rock and roll nightmare rock and roll nightmare holy um, crap that sounds i think in, in canada like it was movie. released as edge of hell maybe okay um that makes more sense given the context that you yeah. just gave me and it's one of those, you ever see a movie where somebody's performance is so bad, you're like, you're kind of embarrassed yeah. to watch it. It's like secondhand embarrassment. You're like, yeah, like, you know, those kind of like, like the office moments, those like really kind of cringe and using, yeah. like there's a, uh, the drummer in their band, uh, is supposed to be a cool Australian guy. Okay. Um, cause I think when this movie came out, like Crocodile Dundee, I think was in the theater. That's so not like, a knife. Like, so there were like it's a couple a months where like everybody wanted to like you know like i don't know like they wanted to like co-op like australian culture yeah and so this guy had the worst fucking australian accent <laughs> ever i mean it was just like he's standing there and he's just like well oh i bet i'll take the bet and like it was just like it was like it was kind of cockney kind of <laughs> yeah hey good day mate oh you know and <laughs> And the funny thing was, when he when he becomes possessed by the demon, he loses his accent and he just talks like a regular guy. <laughs> That's the director just like, all right, how can I get out of this? Yeah, like, how can you stop doing that? To yeah. All right, you turn into the demon. You've got to just just now you now you have to talk normal. Foster's. I, I think I'll have a Foster's mate. <laughs> so so do you know from the beginning of that movie that? Uh, that these the they're just projections the the band you, members you don't so when and is it, it was it was one of those things where I think they they decided uh, they had to come up with that plot point he had to say it because otherwise uh, the hero of the movie would have willingly taken his bandmates to be slaughtered by a demon in order to do battle with him. But you know what? That's kind of badass, though. I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Like, that's kind of like Conan the Barbarian kind of badass. Yeah, well, I mean, the way I'm thinking about it is it's this ancient mythical being in an angel that's been around for almost eternity. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, these humans might mean something to them because they're in a band, but in the grand scheme of things, they are literally like 0.00002% right. of his existence. Right. 
and so he'll be all right. Because existence is destroy the evil force, and you know that's not to, what's not important. Not to humans, and yeah, and humans aren't angels. They don't. They you know they're. We're coming up with this great screenplay. It sounds really good. It does, doesn't it? This is probably exactly how Rock and Roll Nightmare got started. You're like sitting here and you're talking to this yeah. this this like uh, bodybuilder like heavy metal guy. And he's like, I've got this great idea for a movie. He's like, he's like, he's like, I'm this eternal angelic being. Like, I'm going to do battle with the forces of evil. It's just okay. eternal evil. And you're like, wow, this sounds really good. This sounds really it. exciting. Yeah. You know? And then they actually make the movie, and none of it works. Right. And you and get this guy with the, who sounds like he's probably doing voiceovers for an Outback Steakhouse commercial. <laughs> uh, somewhere along the line in the script writing process, they decided that they'd be projections of, yeah. of him. You right. know, it's not real it people. Kind of yeah, and it takes the weight out of it. Yeah. And kind of took the piss out of it. Yeah, because there's no longer there's that little subplot about like how he feels about humans too. Yeah. Yeah, they just never they never were humans, so that's just gone. There's yeah. that's a whole other layer that they could have, but they didn't. Yeah. You got you got uh, treated to plenty of their music though. Oh, okay. Because they're there to record an album, you know. <laughs> so it's like an album so, just for that and movie. So, yeah, and so you so they've got like you know they've got like Thor. The guy's name was uh, John Mickle Thor. And, oh wow, uh, that's right yeah, on the, the nose. I, I guess Thor's music was in. Was in the movie, Thor like the like Thor Thor. Yeah, his name his name is Thor. Cool. Oh, wait, well, his last like, name is Thor. So, but not Thor like the the comic book hero. Well, he kind of modeled himself after that. I mean, he was oh. he was he, he, he was uh, I I don't know enough about it, but I think he got his start in the seventies. And honestly, I don't know why he wasn't bigger in the eighties. He kind of seemed like one of those guys in the early eighties who would have been big. Yeah, you know, he was he was like pumped. You know, had the blonde hair, you know, played like the hair metal music and stuff. It was cheesy as hell, though. Yeah, it sounds so, like it. Yeah. But our, uh, you know, we were talking about doing the DVD commentary for uh-huh. that, you know, and taking that different one? roles. <laughs> Who would you want to be? I don't know. I was think I was actually thinking about being like like the producer of the DVD so that I could kind of like egg people on and like mm-hmm. try to get stories out of them about cool. it. Um, and so we'd have the director and the star, you know, the two people being the directors and the star. But I want I wanted to create a, a narrative where uh, apparently where the the guy who played the drummer in the band was actually Australian, and that was his real Australian accent. <laughs> he he just had this terrible speaking voice, and then when the demon possessed him, he did a freaky good like Canadian accent. Cool, that's that's a good idea. Yeah, actually. like he he was really good like with that. accents. It's just. His normal Australian accent is just unbearable to listen to. It's just he just is a shitty, has a shitty voice. That's right. just how it goes. So they really cast him off of how he could play when the demon possessed him. Right. And then you got You'd have to have the guy who played Thor. Yeah, yeah. We were gonna have. Uh, well, we'll have. Uh, yeah. John Fazano was the director, and um, John Mickle Thor would be the two people. Uh, the principles, and then I was thinking, you know, I could, I could kind of, uh, you know, like as the producer, kind of ask some questions about the movie, where, you know, wherever the conversation might start to dip, you know, try to kind of, you know, move things along, mm. um, and you know, try to get some stuff out of them that way. I think the director had also done another similar movie. It was about, it was, it was, I think it was called, I think he did a movie called Trick or Treat. I th- no. I think it was called Black Roses, and it was almost the exact same plot. As, um, as it was about, a, but I think it was about a, a, a demonic uh, heavy metal band that went around terrorizing people. Oh, okay. Take it so, from the other end. Yeah. Interesting. That was another. That was the title for another movie too. 
Have you ever? This is kind of off topic uh, from horror movies, but have you ever seen this one? It's really it's obscure, as in I don't think a lot of people have seen it. But it's I, people I've shown it to loved it. It was Mr. Brooks, and it's um uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen that one, but I, I'm I'm familiar with. Uh, it's, he's a serial killer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's still got like the dark theme to it. He's a serial killer, and he's really good at it. But he's also like man of the year in his city or something right. like that. I don't think he's man of the year like Time magazines, but he's he gets he he's he's, uh, he's well known and he's rich and he's popular in the city. Yeah. And so for him to also be a serial serial killer on the side, and he's really methodical about it. Yeah. And it, and what's really cool is that it's kind of like Dexter where mm-hmm. he he knows that he has this impulse. Yeah. And so he 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 does what he, he has to take he has to do it he takes right. care of it um, and then he and he puts it away it's yeah. not like he just it's uncontrollable he's trying to control it as best he can right and whereas most people think about like Buffalo Bill like yeah. in uh, Silence of the Lambs is like mm-hmm. this just you know just barely functioning human is just constantly preying on people yeah and there are those kind of serial killers too yeah. but he was the more yeah um, like Dexter type one who he's got to kill so he's going to do it and he's going to do it to people who he feels deserve it that way it's somewhat okay. Yeah. You know? So that, I really like that movie for that. And, uh, it has some uh, two or three twists in it too. I always wanted to start up like a rumor about online about somebody like, you know, just said, did you know that Sonny Bono, uh, on top of being a uh, popular recording artist and uh, a governmental figure was also one of the most prolific serial killers of all time. (laughs) Just put some clickbait out there and just watch it circulate. (laughs) People already do that shit anyway, so I guess it's like it's like that's not like a, it's it's almost like it's not even fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's yeah. it's too real to be funny. Well, people do that. There's like a uh, internet uh, joke about that. It's a running gag, I guess, where people do that about Joe Rogan, uh-huh. and um, and I love Joe Rogan. His his podcast is the inspiration for it. this one. He did a Fear Factor, right? Is yeah, okay. yeah, and All he's right. and he's a really really uh, good comedian, and then he's he's like big in podcasting yeah like yeah he's mo- yeah he's one of the huge yeah like yeah big bo- uh, podcasting mm-hmm. guys. i listen to him probably two or three times a week uh-huh and i try to learn a lot about his style and, and stuff i don't want to be the exact same but it's definitely an inspiration yeah um but people, people that's a joke about like that that people will just comment on random youtube videos saying like r.i.p joe rogan and it, and it forces people to go to like google and check and then yeah, lo and behold he's still alive and yeah and the it got me one day like two weeks ago i saw that and i was like no way because he's so yeah big to me and um like a huge influence so i was i was like really hurt for a second but i was like no 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 because i haven't heard anything else people know that i that i i would have gotten text messages or something by now yeah so uh i keep reading and down in the comments people are like Oh, when are you guys gonna stop? Like, no, he's perfectly fine, and it's yeah. like you're gonna feel bad when it's finally that day. Is, yeah. So, it, anyway, that's my my feelings on that. That was a huge bummer, but only because I, because uh, I, I, because he's so important to me. Yeah. So maybe people with Sonny Bono, he's kind of like in the past. Yeah. So. <laughs> Might not be as. But that's um, yeah. That's always the, like the funny thing to think about. Like you're you're talking about like Mr. Brooks, like somebody who's well known and respected. It's like you know what if it turned out like after like a really famous beloved person died uh it just came to light that they just had like 
uh, like a killing field in their back, <laughs> buried in their backyard. Just a mass grave. Just a, you know, it's like um, they were just going through, uh, you know, they'll be going through Paul McCartney's estate and they open up like a door and just a bunch of skulls come rolling out <laughs> Oh my of it. gosh. Turns out that like that's how he got his fame is by right. sacrificing to right. a And as a, you know, as a world traveling uh, uh, recording artist and uh, musician, he, he, tr- he went all around the world and got to, got to uh, strangle all sorts of people. Yeah, he's he and he wasn't um, prejudiced towards anybody. He, right, he strangled. That's what made him so hard to catch. Yeah, he didn't have a type. Oh man, they couldn't mm. profile him. Yeah, there you go. And then some, someone eventually just linked it up to where every every one of these deaths yeah. happened when there'd he was a, in town. There'd be a TV show. Somebody would be like looking at like a body and be like, "This person's a bassist." <laughs> right, because they got like cows on their <laughs> fingers or something. <laughs> it's silly. I can tell which weight strings he uses. <laughs> so he's like a musical savant. You see, right, he's he's a fan of uh, the Fender Precision Bass. Ooh, I, I don't know if that's special, but <laughs> hey, take that, take take yeah. it as you will. Yeah. Good luck catching the guy. Right. He can play a lot of uh, Rush songs. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. Didn't didn't the Rush drummer just Neil Peart passed yeah. away? And uh, yeah, that was a that was a huge uh, impact on the on the musical community. Even yeah. people who weren't into Rush or prog rock. At least recognized him as like in the in the realm of drummers, he was elevated, you know, mm-hmm. very high on the pedestal. So who else would be up there? I'm not as I'm far not as drummers huge... working today. I I, I, I don't know mm. many who would have fit that mold. I mean, he was like the guy. I mean, it was like basically if you knew, you know, you're like me and you know jack shit about basketball. I'd say Michael Jordan. Yeah. No problem. Everybody who knows who Michael Jordan, even Kobe Bryant, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, just, there are certain figures that transcend, you know, their, you know, whatever it is they do, their pr- profession or where they are, what status they hold. So, you know, Neil Peart was definitely one of those guys. And just everybody knew. Yeah. Who Neil, of, you know, was name a, a drummer, Neil Peart. You yeah. Know, even though you don't know shit about drummers. You yeah. Know, Neil Peart, of course. Guitarist, Eddie Van Halen. You know, uh-huh. you don't have to be a fan of the music. I mean, most everybody knows who the guy is. You know, he had a certain, you know, a certain status you know at one point culturally speaking just you kind of absorb that you know even if you don't listen to the music yeah i guess that's what being a legend is about yeah like the absolute best of something right and then to find out if one of those guys was a serial killer the whole time i know that that yeah that would suck but be really cool at the same time right maybe depending on on how the kills went like if he was just drowning people it's like okay but if he was like taking them out into the woods and hunting them right it's a little different how would you, uh, you know, how would you uh, uh, try to survive an encounter with a Mr. Brooks? Oh man, well, with Mr. Brooks, I don't. You probably wouldn't I know you were in the in the company of a Mr. Brooks, right? Yeah, I guess in that regard, just try to be a good person. Anybody talk about M- Mr. Brooks? <laughs> it's true. I'm trying and, to do this movie justice. It's yeah. like you with your VR. Yeah. I want to talk about this movie. Right. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> oh, you, got the, you got the wild look in your eye. That same look that my dog gets when she gets the peanut butter off the knife at the, after you're done making the sandwich. <laughs> I get to talk about Mr. Brooks. Finally, my time has come. I've waited so long. So I guess let's let's say by some happenstance, yeah, you happen to know Mr. Brooks doesn't know you now, but you know. Okay, so well, I, I do think about this quite often. Actually, it's yeah. like if I were ever presented be if I was ever presented with a, a situation like that where it's like I'm gonna die unless I react, unless right. I I get my shit together and I do something about it and. Might have to also take another life, or else that means mine's gone. Right. 
I don't know how I'd like to think that I would buck and you, up and, and I would. You go into that mode like standing in line at Subway. Oh yeah. Oh, what me? Like I think like that. Right. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> I might have to take somebody's life. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to, but there might be. Before I get my sandwich, you never know. You never know if that if that girl behind me with the the toothpicks in her hair, or she no, decides to like go yeah. after you, you'd be like, "Whatcha? Yeah, not today. Right block, left block, <laughs> and then you and sweep then her leg, and then like sweep the leg, the sternum kick, right throat hold, <laughs> and then the then the guy behind the counter is just like. You did it. Fucking A, man. Yeah, you some surfer, bro. Right. <laughs> Fucking A, man. You want some pepperoni? They, they, they hoist you up on their shoulders. and <laughs> That's exactly how I pictured it. Yeah. I'm standing there. I'm I'm, right, I'm ready to get my, my meatball marinara because yeah. it's Tuesday. Mr. Brooks is behind you. <laughs> yeah. He, he has or is no he in idea. front of you taking way too fucking long picking out his <laughs> toppings? Uh, no, he's screwing the silencer onto his gun. Oh, okay. But he's fumbling it because he's nervous. This is actually his first kill. That's right. why I'm able to have yeah. a chance. Right. After that, he, he, he gets better. Right. Yeah. And you, in your relentless pursuit for knowledge, mm-hmm. had listened on the internet to the sounds of silencers being applied to the barrel of a pistol. And yes. you knew the make and model of both the silencer and the pistol. And yeah. you happen to know that this was a Mr. Brooks signature Oh yeah, he's been all in the papers yeah. recently. Okay, it's not his first kill then, right. <laughs> but but yeah, he's all. They're always yeah. killed with a silencer, and right. then oh, I know that sound. <laughs> and I and go he's to... doing it in line at a subway. Yeah, it's a really <laughs> remote subway. It's like in Covington or something. You know, subways do have. You ever notice that? Like if you if if you're going down the interstate and there's just some like um, just completely desolate exit where there is nothing. If yep. there is one thing to eat. It's a subway. It's subway. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's like half the time it's connected to a gas station. Yeah. But but not even it's 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 just open. It's right. an open plan in there, and you can see the subway from the yeah. and WalMarts as well. You so know, it's very appropriate. This is where Mr. Brooks would attempt to murder. Oh, very. I mean, it's uh, given the numbers and the percentages. Right. You you have a much higher chance of finding him inside of a subway than right. you would inside of a Wells Fargo. Right. You know. So like the 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 uh, the guy making the sandwich would be like, oh oh, I'm I'm out of. Uh, prosciutto i need to go in the back yeah i don't think prosciutto. that prosciutto at the i don't i mean hey they're they're this is the bougie one right. they, they really they stepped up their game and so he goes like he goes he has to go um he goes he has to go to the next town to get prosciutto which means oh, that mr brooks has plenty of time right so maybe that's it maybe he was the one he was ordering the sandwich with the prosciutto and he wants to have time alone to murder you so it cut to in the back of the store there's just this uh, outside just a pile of prosciutto and that's where he just he dumped it right before so that the owner would right. have to go and get the prosciutto exactly he's like how did i run out all this prosciutto maybe he ate it <laughs> oh yes okay and that's what gives me because a leg up on him because he's constipated where kevin costner's just gorging himself on prosciutto <laughs> The, that's the middle, like right where intermission would be. It's just five minutes of that. <laughs> so, so then it's just me and yeah. him in there, right? And it's about so, to happen. So yeah, and so that's the thing. So it starts off at first. He's just like, Ugh, really? He's got to go to the next town over. You know, huh? you know, this, check out this jerk hole, huh? <laughs> I, I haven't seen Mr. Brooks. I, I'm assuming that's how. Oh, Kevin you're spot Costner. on. Hey, check out this jerk. Spot eh? on. Hey. <laughs> you should have been cast as no Mr. Prosciutto. Brooks. Anyways, oh. Here we are, out in the middle of nowhere, you know? What to do, what to do, what to do. 
And that's when he tries to kill you, right? Yeah, exactly. But I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm ready for it. And I grabbed a couple of the sandwiches, okay. and then I throw them at his face. Yeah. So I was ready for this. I knew it was coming. So I throw it at his face to, to disorient him. Yeah. And then I take off. Right. But you don't you don't try to kill Mr. Books. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Well, if there's... If there's people there, that's the right strategy, though. Run, 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 yeah. run first. Yeah, this guy. Yeah, run, run first. Try yeah. to talk it out. But yeah. If yeah. he's trying to kill you, if it's the difference between getting stuff. in a fight and running away, you got to run away. Yeah. Well, I've always heard that if they have a gun, you charge them. If they have a knife, you run away. Uh-huh. If you don't know fighting. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I have a little bit of, but I wouldn't test it. Yeah. No, I, I, I hope that that time never comes where I'm tested like that. Like yeah. where it's like fight or flight for real. Yeah. Like what do I got to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't. know. If I gotta, I don't know if I gotta go kill him, yeah. Mr. Brooks. I don't think he's a very good fighter. He just he's he's usually about stealth and surprise. Right. So if I can take out that element, yeah, I might have a chance if I just so charge him and surprise him. Oh, surprise the surpriser. Yeah, that's a good tactic. And then after that, I suppose I just have to disarm him and then shoot him with his own gun. Yeah, there you go. See, people, easy peasy. Uh, I mean, yeah, but then you think about it. You think about the what happens right. after that. People, sometimes they don't just die. Right. Like maybe it could be, you know, like you know, if you're surprising him, you know, he'd be like, you know, what to do? You know, how do we pass the time while he's out getting my prosciutto? And he'd be like, I don't know. Maybe I'll just get a drink of piping hot coffee here. Y- yeah. You know? Sure is delicious. Ha Right in his hot face. Hot coffee in the face, motherfucker. <laughs> and then now he's Mr. Burnt. Yeah. <laughs> Then that's the sequel. <laughs> Red curtains like fall down in front of the frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they come out and they like bow. I've always wanted to see a movie where, like, it's just it's balls. It's like a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I've always wanted to see a movie that just ends abruptly, forty minutes in. It's yeah. you're not you, you're not really <laughs> you know it's like the main character dies and it's like well this movie was about him so yeah it's kind of like Werewolf in London right mm-hmm. that's what it's called Werewolf in London yeah American Werewolf in American London. Were- I knew I was missing something American Werewolf in yeah, London yeah as soon as as soon as the monster's dead that's it. they roll the credits yeah that's a very effective way to yeah. work the movie it was like uh, like you were talking about Monty Python and the Holy Grail mm-hmm. they just fucking ended that movie done oh yeah the they're they're about to storm the castle yep. and cops then show up. the cops show up yeah all right this movie's over. Yeah. And they just <laughs> puts his hand over the lens. My, my that was favorite. so ballsy. It was. Those guys were trailblazers. My favorite movie my favorite scene from that movie is when I think it's John Cleese's character. He just storms that castle all the time. He's he's Lancelot, running yeah. he's running up and then it cuts to the two the two guards. Yeah. And then it cuts to him and he's still running, but he's like a hundred yards away and then it, it was, cuts and he's there. That, th- what I love so much about it is that that's an editing joke. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like they they would do they would do like a film editing joke, you know, and mm-hmm. that's like that's amazing because it's clever. You would see that in movies a lot of times where like the heroes like you know there's like a there's like a door or like a gate like slowly coming down to imprison them and they're running as fast as they can to make it, but when you realize the amount of times passing, you're like that gate would have like shut. By now, he was too far away, but they edit mm-hmm. it so that, like, the gates just, you know, it's coming down. It's coming, Now it's back up here, and it's coming yeah. down. So that was, like, the same, like, Lancelot gag. He's, like, coming down across the horizon. He's just, like, perpetually, like, and you don't catch it the first time. No. You know, the first time they cut back to him, you know, he's, like, he's, he's still in the background. Mm. But, like, the third time they do it, you're just, like, all right, something's up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, like, and it just starts to get funny, and then they just keep... They just keep pressing that button 
enough times and then the payoff is they just do that smash cut i mean just like it's like within a flash he's like on top of him <laughs> yes. like a lion he's just and it he's was amazing he slices up the guy on the left and then the guy on the right's just like hey yeah <laughs> I love it. it's a great reaction too yeah. everything about that worked i mean i was like i mean that's like that's when you get like people in comedy like all just all pistons are firing yes like, everybody's just you know mm-hmm. killing it they and it starts with the opening credits where they're just like these guys we apologize these guys have been sacked and yeah. now we're and now we're gonna the ne- the rest of the credits is by the new guys and then like it changes up its style again and it's like we apologize the guys who have sacked the guys who were sacked have now been sacked yeah <laughs> it's it's There's just layers of of uh, absurdity yeah yeah from the get go you're just like oh this is what I'm in for yeah yeah I haven't seen Life of Brian though have you seen that one uh, yeah that's actually when I was a lot younger uh, and I saw Holy Grail that was like one of my favorite uh-huh. movies of all time and I'd seen their other movies and I really enjoyed Life of Brian but as I got a little older uh, I think Life of Brian is is their best movie. Um, really cool. It's it's it, it's played more as a satire, and there's so much that even just today is still so pertinent, you know. And it's such a great movie about you know fanaticism and just human behavior. Graham Chapman's Brian's this character who just gets swept along this epic storyline and wants nothing to do with any of it. And that's what like I loved so much about it. It's just he, he's like, it's like he he gets pulled along, you know, to, you know, being the Messiah and being like a figurehead in the rebellion, and he's he's complicit in it in a way, but he's still kind of just dragged along through most of the story. So he's kind of like, is he like a reluctant hero? Yeah. Yeah. And this is the guy. It, it, it's about um. Graham Chapman's the same guy who played uh, King Arthur in uh, Holy Grail. Cool. Okay. And is he Jesus? Is he Jesus's brother in this? No, no. He's just he's Brian. Oh, okay. He's a guy named Brian. Oh, just Brian. Yeah. And that's what that was one of the funny things about it. Also, was like you know he's, you know he doesn't have a very biblical sounding name. Um, you know, and also in these biblical yeah, movies that they made back in the fifties and sixties, everybody talked you know very reverentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this movie, they just kind of talk like. Like every day, just you know, you know, British people, uh-huh. you know, and and the guy's name is Brian, you know, Brian, Brian, hey Brian, hey Brian, you know? yeah, and it's like you know, a very non-biblical sign. You know, now we'll read from the book of Brian, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's all of them are like that, like nonchalant British uh, speaking. Yeah, they well, yeah, they just you know, they just use their normal British huh. speaking voices, you know, which yeah. you know, kind of funny for like a biblical epic, you know. Yeah. But I mean, in in a, I guess the rationale was that made more sense than everybody talking like this, you know. Behold, it would be funny if they were doing it, but he wasn't. He's the <laughs> right. only one who's just chilling. Brian, Brian. That reminds me of uh, Idiocracy a little bit. Yeah, uh, it became almost like a, a meme that you know, Idiocracy was just basically turning into a documentary. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's scary. You know, it's funny because when people first started doing that, you could be like, "Yeah, that's very kind of astute." You know, that's that's a that's very observant. And it's like, yeah, there are certain elements. Yeah, I could see like in about like you know, thirty, forty, fifty years. You know, but then it's like you know, two years later, it's just like, holy shit! It's like this is now. Yeah, like nineteen eighty four almost. Yeah. There's so many great small jokes. That's one of those movies I love rewatching because I catch small jokes. But speaking of idiocracy, uh, like one of my favorite ones, uh, gags was when Luke Wilson's character uh, escapes from prison. He just like walks out or whatever. He just yeah. kind of like, but when he escapes over the speaker, the voice is going, 
Xcape. Xcape. <laughs> and it's just one of those things where it's like, that's like one of those small things. Like when I hear people say Xcape, it's like, it's like, God, that sounds dumb. You know, but it's like, now that's just the way people say it. Yeah. Xcape. And they, and they were clever enough to include that. Yeah, in the and it's movie. not like a huge gag, but it's just, it's there. Just, it kind of like, Everybody's wearing Crocs or like yeah. you know like mo- motocross gear. Yeah. Know, oh, t-shirt. they were, weren't yeah. they? It's just it's just the they've gone down to like just the basic yeah human level and yeah. how they they don't even drink water anymore. Yeah. It's just like that Gatorade, Gatorade knockoff. Yeah. And you know the the thing is like it was really funny until it became like again kind of too real to be funny. Yeah. Like it's almost more like Planet of the Apes more like a sci-fi thriller than a comedy these days because you know uh that iconic shot uh at the end of planet of the apes where you see the statue of liberty and, it's and charleston a- heston yeah he thought he was on another planet and he realizes it was earth all along and it's this huge moment in in you know science fiction films and i think idiocracy had a similar one where they had this shot of the mall you know you could see uh, the washington monument and people were jet skiing in the reflecting pool <laughs> yes. and that was a scene where i was just like this like in enca- like if you want like one shot that encapsulates the whole message the whole point of the movie of, of idiocracy it's the people jet skiing on on the reflecting pool because i can see it i can totally see that yeah happening nowadays mm-hmm. you know so i may be like i don't know five bucks yeah you can ride a jet ski across the memorial <laughs> reflecting pool yeah fuck the dead uh, have fun <laughs> i'm so glad you've seen that movie i don't i don't talk about that movie ever with people really and you and you knew about it, was it very too. popular i mean it, it took it was a slit it, it bombed in the theaters absolutely yeah, I think that's what it was but it found its audience you know on 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 video mm-hmm. uh afterwards and yeah it was a very uh very prescient movie definitely predicted a lot of things yeah and i like that luke wilson was in it because his brother owen is yeah. just obviously the bigger star and better filmography altogether but i think luke wilson's been in some some real gems old oh, school for yeah. sure well he was in uh uh, several of those Wes Anderson movies. Uh, Bottle Rocket was that's the, true. Yeah, was the first movie that, that I saw both of them in. And actually, he was the he was the lead. Uh, Owen Wilson was kind of the the bumbling, you know, ne'er do well friend, mm-hmm. uh, and Luke Wilson was like kind of the leading man in that movie. And then he was, uh, and he actually co-wrote it. With, oh, cool. I know. I, I don't know. Okay, I don't know if it was. I think both Luke and Owen Wilson are writers. I don't know how much of that they wrote, but I think they were co-writers on Bottle Rocket. And I think uh, he did some writing on Rushmore also. Oh, cool. Yeah. Have you uh, have you seen my favorite movie of his? It's a really good horror movie, in my opinion. It's Vacancy with Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. I, I actually saw I saw that a long time ago. It was uh. kind of a classic. It, it reminded me of kind of a classic horror. I, didn't, I even thought it might have been a remake. It might be. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it might not have been, and but maybe it just kind of seemed like a remake because it had that very kind of old school, almost kind of Hitchcock style. It did thriller where like you know he kind of finds himself in a tense situation, kind of like standing in a remote subway um, with Mister Brooks kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I was I, I was thinking of a subway station, and then I forgot where we're at. <laughs> Is that what you meant in the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> Were you thinking about like a subway? You were thinking of a subway station. I was talking about subway sandwiches. Okay, no, you were. Yeah, no, okay. I, I thought so, I thought so okay. too. But I thought it'd be it'd be even funnier if you if you met a subway station and then I I just took it the other yeah. way and you just went with me. And yeah, just yeah, not, I, was okay. just, I was I was I wanted I wanted to bring it back to the Mr. Brooks. That was a nice. That was yeah. nice. You really circled it back. Yeah, 
I like how we're calling attention to it too. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> so um, yeah, we've been talking about two hours forty five minutes. Holy shit! It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and start winding it down. But is there anything that you wanted to talk about? Any anything final specific? statements? Yeah, final statements. Anything that came up that you feel you didn't get a chance to talk about? No, I, I don't know a good I don't know a good way to wrap these things up. You know, do you ever watch Inside the Actors Studio? Um, I've seen a couple. Episodes. Yeah, that was always fun. James Lipton always had those kind of like questions, like if you arrived at the pearly gates, what would you tell uh, Saint? Is it Saint Peter? Saint Peter. So Saint yeah. Peter, and then and then um, you, know, you know, Peter O'Toole would say something very clever. You know, and everybody'd be like, ah, you know. Yeah. I wish I could end the podcast on one of those, just like ah, oh, yes. <laughs> but I think it's going to be kind of more. I think it's going to kind of fizzle out and just kind of. A, mm. Oh, that kind of all right. Oh. Well, I best be hitting the road, you know. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe I might uh, stop by a subway. Oh yeah, get hey, a cold cut combo. be careful. Make sure that their coffee has just been made and it's piping <laughs> hot. <laughs> that's uh, I, that's that's clever though, and I'm gonna look into maybe asking a final question or something. Yeah, like that. you know, uh, maybe you could just. <laughs> You just shamelessly steal from James Lipton. <laughs> just do his questions at the end of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of one now. Like, um, if you could be any kind of tree, what kind of tree would it be? Is that the kind of stuff he would do? I I think so. It's just something like, but he would ask very kind of very broad questions. So, something that he would he would be kind of like laying up a shot, so like the actor could just totally fucking dunk yeah. and something and just look amazing. They probably uh-huh. had like they probably had writers, you know. It's just like okay, James Lipton's gonna ask you about this and be like, okay, I need you to write something, uh, maybe uh, witty but poignant. Okay, I got one. I All think. Right. All right. right. <clears throat> Bring it on. After you die. <laughs> <laughs> What's that fucking voice? I'm no, trying doing, something no, here, no, okay? No, keep doing the voice. After you die, what will be the thing that they name after you? Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it would probably be an adult toy. <sighs> <laughs> Bonus material. I don't know. I wouldn't say notorious. He he had he, he had a, a scandal, but I mean, you know, Paul Rubens has like a history. He was in the, like the L.A. comedy scene and stuff, and he's got an interesting career. And you know, they'll have interesting things to talk about. Phil Hartman wrote the script, and it was just the two of them going, um, "Yeah, this was really good. This was <laughs> you were really good." Um, Remember the the wardrobe lady? Yeah, she was excellent. She was so good. She was so good. And the set designer, yeah, the set designer was great. Everything was so great. Everything was. So, but it's like, if there's no, you know, if there was just like a little tension or something, you know, it yeah. would have been so much more entertaining. You know, that's weird. I like the um. There's there's one where Arnold Schwarzenegger does it. Uh, he apparently was that Conan of, the Barbarian. I think it's that one. He's yeah. well, He he kind of. Is that does he do it as Conan? I can't remember what it was. No, he, or, or he's that just be, ridiculous. No, he's just he's so ridiculous. ridiculous it sounds like it's it's Conan. Um, it, but yeah, I remember watching. There was like a there was an orgy scene in Conan the Barbarian. He just goes, "Look at them all bang," <laughs> just loudly and just. It's just Thanks, Arnold. Yeah, and <laughs> I, actually, at one point, he he asked that he was like he was like he's like one day we should do a sequel to this. He's like, we did do a sequel to it. We did. Conan 2. 
It did, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Commentaries are, are hilarious. Did you ever listen to the Tropic Thunder one? No. Did they do an in-character commentary, in character commentary yeah, for that, that one? Robert Downey Jr. is in character for oh, most of it. And then I think eventually he dips out. He's just like, I'm leaving. Yeah. And, uh, and Jack Black's there, and I think Ben Stiller. Um, and then Steve Coogan, Dave Coogan, the, uh, I can't remember, the guy who plays the director in it, who gets blown up. I forget who that was. I think it's Steve Coogan. Coogan. Yeah. Real funny British actor. But oh, yeah. yeah. So that was... God, I, I, I need to go back and watch that movie. I, for, I completely forgot that Steve Coogan was in there. Mm, tr- oh, Tropic Thunder is a classic, in my opinion. Regardless of what people thought about the blackface, I, I thought Robert Downey Jr. handled it really well. It, you know, it plays well. It's... Contextually, I think it's still fine. Yeah, yeah. You I know, because I, I think it's it, it wasn't like, haha, guys doing blackface. It was, you know, what what lengths will like a narcissistic, yeah, actor go? Yeah, even if it's something wildly inappropriate, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, it was more of a commentary on that than yeah. than just look at us, we're we're doing blackface. Right. Yeah, you're right. Are we recording? Uh, I did go ahead and start just okay, to, just to. Hi, future Dalton here, stepping in. Uh, so I never ended up finding... No, fuck, I said, ah, oh, like, uh, immediately. Hi, future Dalton here. So uh, in this recording, I never do end up finding the uh, what I wanted to read for you guys. So I'm doing it now. Damn it, that's not it. That's not... Fuck.